1: And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here for episode number 142. It is Monday, August 19th, 2019, and we are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Ha well, Quinn, we're rolling along with summer here. The dog days of summer, if you will. I think Very they call doggy. It. <laughs> I, doggy dog. Pretty bulldog days of summer. Milk bone underwear, something <laughs> like that. Something like that, folks. Thank you so much for being with us here as uh, you ride out the summer as well as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Some cool topics in store for you, hopefully, because one of them we don't even know what it is uh, until yeah, we get to it. We're flying by the seat of our pants. Literally. Our milk bone underwear. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: flying by the seat of our milk bones here. Uh, before we get to any more of our uh, doggy treats here, why don't you uh go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter if you haven't yet. You can do that at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com That is vppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a really great place to talk to you, me, and a bunch of other Milkbone fans, and that's over on Facebook. Yeah, facebook.com slash dog. Uh, (laughs) It's a good site. You can see all the types of dogs and the Milkbones and the the Milkbone underwear for sale, obviously. Lots of opsos over there. Yeah, lots of pose. (laughs) Bichon Frise. I I don't know how you know these dogs. Poodles. But anyway, to find this wonderful website that has a group on it, go to the Facebook dog Website, I've been there, or whatever, yeah. right? The you Westminster type, Kennel Club yeah, Facebook. You type in the search "Our Vantage Point desk, rubber Wrestling Podcast," and Bing Bang Boom, the the censors or whoever is in charge. I yeah. don't know. Al Gore. Al Gore, yes. Al Gore, they approve you. KaFlui. Kiflo- Don't forget that. Uh, KaFlui approves you, obviously. Right, of course. And then you're in. That's that, it. That's it. You could talk about all the dogs you want, really. Junkyard. Junkyard style. Uh, British. You could talk about this year's winner of the Westminster because obviously oh, yeah, of course, preempt Raw somehow. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you can talk about any of the old wrestling that you'd like, whether it's WWF, WCW, NWA, Smoky Mountain, ECW, IWA. Uh, you can talk about any wrestling that you want. Whether you've been a fan for a really long time, or maybe you're just getting into the older stuff, whether you like one promotion or all of it, really, come over to the group. We have rules there. The rules are don't be an asshole. And if you're not an asshole, you are welcome to be in the group. And, and bring you, your own dog. We don't we yeah, don't provide yeah. any dogs. We don't provide them, but you can bring them. You, can, you need to add that to the list. Right. We uh, are pet friendly. Yeah, pet friendly. <laughs> but you have to bring your own. You can't be like... <laughs> we don't, you, don't have them You available. can't be like, hey, Joe Merkel, can I borrow your dog today? Uh, right. Don't like, borrow Joe Merkel's dog. I don't even know if he has a dog. If, if he does, it's a french bulldog right you can't ask him for it no don't just bring your own dog and if you don't want to bring a dog bring a cat bring a lizard salamander or come without a pet come on Uh, dragon uh, (laughs) if this is your first time listening i promise the show actually does go somewhere it does start eventually (laughs) it's it's true it's true so go to our facebook group and it'll be a really fun time also later on in the show we'll have some information about our patreon if you're interested in extra content we do have it patreon.com slash ovp podcast more on that later though. Now, Quinn, as we uh, kicked off the season last week, we're counting down basically to episode number 150 because it's going to be our three-year anniversary, which is Andre the Giant said.
0: Three years to be a champion.
1: It's a long time. It's very long. And we're very appreciative of all of our fans, whether you're a new fan or you've been with us since the beginning. As we count down to 150, we decided to do a segment where you guys are allowed to submit one per person, something for us to talk about anything for us to talk about literally wrestling related obviously and you can send that to Podcast at com. what we're doing is we're putting it on a wheel i guess it's a uh, a wheel you stop is a, what we're calling it which a is will you stop <laughs> of fortune you know bob barker and banner they all they'll come in every week you, is you, he here no, he was here last week. You missed it. No, yeah. I missed him. Yeah, I mentioned it. Remember? No. So anyway, we have the um, we have the wheel. You stop wheel, basically. And What we're doing is we're giving the random spin, and it really is truly random. We do not know the topic ahead of time, so whoever it lands on is what we're going to go with here. But first we have some music Yeah we got the the people I mean they have to Yeah we have to let the studio audience in Open those doors (laughs) Joe Here we go Welcome to Will You Stop Where we're gonna have one lucky winner each week And that winner will have his or her topic Talked about by Quinn and myself they are clapping. They're laughing they're, because they're, something's they're, funny. They're very excited Let's ver- see. It's Whoa, very man. exciting out there. I didn't do anything, I swear. Well, Quinn, just your presence alone is yeah. comforting okay. for people. All right, let's just cut all that crap. Let's spin the wheel here and find out what we're going to be talking about, Quinn, because honestly, we don't know. This I, is real. I have no idea. Joe doesn't know. Let's, let's do it. All right, let's spin that wheel. All right, let's see what we got here. It's spinning. It's it! It's spinning. Where we landed on here? It is... Evan Weiss. Okay, okay, Evan. And what do we got here? What does Evan want us to talk about? Oh, interesting. Ultimately, what if Raw debuted too early? Did that cause the mid-90s downfall? You can also reframe the question he okay. says if you think it's a good topic. Like, what if Raw never happened? You want to take it that way? Okay. What well, if Raw never do happened? Why don't we do that first, and then we'll address the, did it debut too early or okay. whatever. So first of all, let's roll it back to why this is even a talking point, right? Okay. Raw was different for what WWF had been doing in early 93. Uh, very different. I mean, it included Rob Bartlett, so obviously that made it the difference. Yeah, that was the biggest difference.
0: Bobby Heenan's on the outside. Who's on the inside? Rob Bartlett. That's who. Why? Why? <laughs>
1: Whereas if we've talked about, you know, most WWF stuff at that point was pre tape syndicated stuff, overdub crowd noise, very heavy emphasis on... One two minute squash matches mm-hmm. and a lot of promos. Not a lot of feature matches generally. <laughs> Not often. Uh, Raw, on the other hand, was le- legitimately live most of the time when it started in January '93. Mm-hmm. Not every week, but, but until they decided to move it to aircraft right. hangars and all that. But even so, it was still presented as live, and it was right. still the same format even when it wasn't live, which was you're going to get a bunch of matches, and some of them are actually going to be really good. right? And it was this whole, you know, live, anything can happen it's type probably, of thing. It's probably the longest instance of Vince McMahon caring about a show. Oh the, yeah, he still cares he, about it. You know how he is with the beginning and he doesn't care after like three weeks well, or something? Well, Action Zone, there was right. a bunch of shows where he would be on there in the very beginning and then leave.
0: And Welcome once again to the world premiere of the Action Zone. Your Sunday afternoons will never be the same.
1: But what if it hadn't happened? I think things would have been worse. I mean, Don't you? Oh yeah. I mean, Raw Sorry. was Raw was kind of a pivotal step, if you ask me. It more. was. Yeah. If it didn't happen, wrestling would be a very different thing. It would probably still be syndicated and crappy. Yeah, and like, WCW would have had no Nitro to to emulate Raw. Well, here's you know? the thing: is Nitro came about because Raw existed. Correct. Like, they and it were was count- shitty. They were counter programming. Correct. Raw. I think the impetus here of this question is: well, primetime wrestling ended. Mm-hmm. And Raw replaced it.
0: It was just a question of time, Brain, before you're destroyed. What? Are you, saying that, are you saying that Bobby the Brain In is the reason for the demise? Of totally Prime... responsible, <laughs> yes, Rance.
1: Two things I want to note here about that. The Gorilla Bobby version had ended in February of 91. Right. So it was almost two years before well, this. That was unfortunate. But Primetime wasn't their, like, main show either. No, no? Superstars was. Yeah, exactly. The other thing is, is as much as we love to live in this utopia, where Primetime continues forever... Gorilla Monsoon, the man, Bob Morella, didn't want to be doing this anymore. That's known; right. like it's been confirmed. He was trying to stop doing as much stuff, right? Because exactly. he was getting older and his health wasn't as good. So, as much as we'd love to see, you know, Girl on Bobby in '95, <laughs> we would have been stuck with like Todd Pettingill doing primetime. Well, it would have happened. It would have just been the action zone, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> is that and, really and what and you want on Monday nights? And you already had the action zone. I don't want to watch it live on Monday, right? What was the What was the premise, Quinn? Without the characters, right? What is primetime wrestling as a layout? What's the layout of the show? Forget the people, two people at least, yeah. right? They introduce matches that are like filmed from like two years ago, <laughs> right? like, and, and you they know talk, I mean? yeah, and they talk over, and some stuff that happened on Superstars that week. What's Action Zone? The same thing, exactly. Minus the s- only sometimes would they show really <laughs> old stuff, right? But like they'd be like historic. Remember those yeah, episodes? Yeah, but the same premise, right? Right. Girl and Bobby is what made that premise work.
0: The crew was just talking about possibly taking. Up always a, talking about something. You know, taking up a collection for you to buy. When the You run this. I want to watch the king. Buy the king a crown that fits the guy. For God's sakes, why don't you dig into your pocket and spend something? Let's I go spend back a and lot see of the money. Conclusion of this.
1: They were going to be gone. Gorilla did not want to do this anymore, and Bobby would obviously eventually step down and get out of WWF by the end of 93. So, yeah, you needed something to freshen it up. Definitely. No doubt about no it. No doubt about yeah. it. So, so Raw was kind of the antidote there, right? Or, yeah, like, because... Is that what they would call it the antidote probably. it up? Because if Raw hadn't happened, let's look at the other options. Mm-hmm. They already are not on NBC anymore. Right, That's been done well, since 91. They weren't going to get on NBC in 1993, no. especially with the crap they were shoveling. <laughs> They only did the two Fox Saturday Night's main events. Yeah. So what's their main show? It just stays superstars. I mean, that's yeah. And how do you grow with that? How do you? You, you don't. You don't. <laughs> right. You don't. It's it's the it's been the same thing since the like sixties. <laughs> like not even joking. Like right. It's like it's it's just some jobbers lose. So you think that Raw was a necessary stepping stone for the WWF to do whatever? I mean, yeah. To just not be what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, the formula had been generally the same. I mean, Superstars was a slight improvement. I mean, it was brighter in the arena From and championship Champion, and it wasn't yes, in Allentown yes. every week, but... But how do you market that for, like, how do you grow with that when they've been declining since 1990? That's the thing. Yeah, they needed a shake-up, really. They did, and primetime, again... We all love the Girl on Bobby version. It hadn't been that in 2 years. It was oh, It was round. Variety Show the, version The first. Round Table. That and, one's okay. Yeah, still, it's still not as good because no, it's you not. have all these jokers like and you're like why is Slick here and he's not even the good <laughs> Slick. Like, it, like Bobby's there but he, all they do is make fun of Bobby like everyone it's gangs horrible. up Mr. Perfect is kind of his like public defender. Yeah. Like it, it, he's like his lawyer practically. <laughs> like, it's so pitiful. And like, Vince of course heading it up like it's the fucking McLaughlin Group or whatever show that was, you know here's the moderator John McLaughlin.
0: issue one the post-soviet world who cares
1: you know what the worst part about <laughs> that you know what the worst part about that primetime thing is is what? that Vince tries to like own a show that clearly just was not his. <laughs> Like he, oh, he yeah. storms in there and he's like, "Bobby's stupid," and yeah. Gorilla's like, "Minor," and it's like, "What is this shit?" See, the the problem was that Vince, when he was with Bobby, always really diminished him, whereas Gorilla would give him enough rope to be funny. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, Gorilla would put him down, but Gorilla gave him enough to like be funny, and they were right. like, "What are you doing? What are you stop?" Whereas Vince's like, "Oh, you're stupid, Bobby." Yeah, and they, that was it. Yeah, he, and he would just have distinct. <laughs> I hate it, but anyway, <laughs> regardless. So it's good that Raw happened. Yeah, it's good that Raw happened. Now, did it's coming in early like cause some kind of decline? It was already getting bad, right? I don't think Raw was part of the problem. Raw was actually an improvement, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I loved Primetime. Right. All versions. Well, not variety. Right. I love the idea that you can watch like these matches from a few weeks earlier and Gorilla and Bobby are on commentary on the Primetime exclusive. Yeah. The round table. It's fun, but Raw was fresh. Oh, yeah. You needed that. That live it, it, element was probably yeah. the best thing. Um, There's no live prime times. But the company did get worse. Let's put it that way. Some people might say maybe the live thing was what started to make it worse because it wasn't as produced. Maybe, maybe It wasn't as argu- controllable. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's some of the argument there. I guess, but I think part of the reason that the company got worse is that Hulk Hogan left maybe in the, mid-92, came back in the early Raw and, era, and which no, sucked. And no offense to Bret Hart, and I know you're a little defensive. but It's he not, was, though. It's not he, his fault. He is not Hulk Hogan. Well, he didn't capture the public eye like Hogan did, that's right, all. Right, exactly. So there was yeah. never going to be that... Like, unfortunately, he had to be that guy, the first yeah. one, like, after, and, like, he was not gonna live up no, to No, no, no. You know? And he was more there to just keep it afloat. Right. Than he was to be another Hulk Hogan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Luger was supposed to be the next Hogan or in 93. Or even Big Daddy Dinkus over Big there. Big Daddy Dinkus was another one. Yeah. I don't think that Raw came too early. I think Raw came at the right time. Right. Even though 93, you know, was obviously a sharp drop-off. It wasn't because the calendar turned to 1993. It was just when everything converged, you know. if anything, Raw didn't come too early. I think that maybe it's one of the things that kept them afloat, if anything. It's not one of the things that contributed them to be shitty. That's the thing, Quinn. Because it was a nice boost in the middle of 93 that sucks ass to have Raw. Like, well, because you were guaranteed really good wrestling on a lot of those Raws. Right. The feature match was generally always good. Isn't it, isn't it something that like <laughs> generally the first five weeks are considered very good for Raw? Well, no, no. The Raw Bartlett era isn't very good. They kind of... You know how, like, every show has its defining moment or something? Like, Seinfeld, the first, like, little season is, like, all right, a little shaky, but once you get to the second season in the Chinese That's, restaurant episode and, and, and the parking the, garage. The parking garage, those are the two, yeah. Jannetty Michaels on that May 17th Raw, or the Duggan stuff he'd been doing, Razor Kid, the May era is, like, Bartlett's gone, Bobby's there. Right. And they start to cruise through the summer, and it's really good. There's uh, some really good yeah, wrestling. That, yeah, you're right there. I definitely agree with you on that one. Now, Rob Bartlett's... For all intents and purposes, a funny comedian. But the problem I with wouldn't him say he's a funny comedian. He is, no, he is. If you see him in his actual element, which is not sitting ringside with Vince McMahon, that's the problem. While well, not going hah, baba, or whatever that was. Stop. The problem is that he was sitting there making fun of wrestling. Right and not, which is funny, they need if to you're get, not on wrestling TV they to get him the fuck. That's out all of there it was as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like after one week, you knew like right. this was not okay. So then, what really did co- cause the mid '90s downfall? I mean, we've talked about it before, but in this context, it wasn't Raw, but Raw then obviously took the mantle as their main show. So right, all it, took, the, it, it took all the flack of right. being like the bad thing or something. But I'd say overall, in '93, Raw is great. It's okay. Into 94, Raw's okay. I mean, I will say this about that era of Raw. You can, like, smell the decline on it. It has yeah. the, the reek of that going on. Like, as much as you like it or whatever... I like it. There's something about the look of it that it's still, like, a fucking clown show. Like, oh, yeah. you know well, what I mean? 94, you're talking? 94-ish? 90, some of 93, too. Yeah. I mean, I know that even though they're in the Manhattan Center, there's still an element of... They're trying to primetime this, like, uh, like the variety set. Like, I always remember the Nasty Boys with, like, pies or whatever that is. <laughs> You know what I'm talking uh, yeah, about. Like I mean, that's all I mean. On primetime, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Wasn't that there was that on thing Raw? on Raw. There was like some kind of food fight or Oh, that match uh, is awesome. No, it's fun, but that's all I mean about the like Great it's, match, it, it's though. not the same. Isn't that nasty's like, head shrinkers? Yeah, it's not the same Match's like incredible. serious Raw as all, I'm But it getting. doesn't that, need to be serious. Yeah, it's but it's people, wrestling. But that's what people were looking for, evidently, because once they are in the, the wrong place. I'm saying once Nitro and Raw got more serious in the mid nineties, they yeah. They weren't super serious, but they were a little bit more serious, and that. And then all of a sudden it took off. The, the main thing for the 90s of climb was not raw. It was because Vince was out of uh, ideas, and he was just throwing a lot of weird shit at the wall. Right. A lot of it was very cartoony, and uh, people got turned off by that because the the cartoony audience from five, six years earlier grew up, and they didn't have a new one to replace it. Right. That's kind of all that happened. Those kids not, got yeah. older. The audience aged and mm-hmm. got to become teenagers, where this wasn't cool anymore, and people like Bret Hart, like you said, and whoever else, didn't capture the same type of imagination of kids that Hulk Hogan did. I totally agree. Although, apparently, Bret Hart, and I'm not making this up, was very big in, in Europe. And Ra- India. and Well, those, yeah. <laughs> South Africa. But Raw was filmed in the U.S., except right. for that one that was in South Africa, and then the Berlin one or whatever yeah. that was really bad. But... What do you think would have happened if there wasn't Raw in ninety three, ninety four, ninety five? I think they would have declined faster, if anything, because nobody's gonna watch that shit on on superstars, especially when it's not good on like Saturday. Yeah, syndicated like, you know what I Saturdays, mean? Be right? Like, I wanna go outside or <laughs> Like, honestly. Well, and then what do they do at Primetime? Because eventually you gotta rotate the panel. You say they keep Primetime. Ugh. Like, well the look, problem I, is, is they would've kept Primetime yeah. as that panel shit, right? And then it eventually, probably, eventually, it probably would have turned into Doc and Todd. I know it would. Well, I mean, like, they hired Todd in January anyway. Yeah, I'm just saying it would have it would have gradually turned to Doc and Todd. I know it. Eventually, because it would have been Doc on there. You're yeah, right. Clearly, the Action Zone was just aping it. But like, if primetime had still exist, you're telling me they wouldn't have thrown those two fools on there. Those two foos. Yeah, those two foos, as we say. Todd was already upsetting on Mania in January of 93. (laughs) We don't often talk about this, folks, but two days before Raw debuted, Mania debuted, and Todd Pettengill is absolutely insufferable (laughs) on that show. Everything that's hot in the world of wrestling will be covered on this show every Saturday morning at 10. What else are you going to watch? Reruns of Taxi? Okay, doke. Hey, Alex, I'm watching WWF. (laughs) Hey, where is the rug? There was supposed to be a red rug in here. I would not have worn the boots if there wasn't going to be the rug. Now, I can't wear the boots. And then he would have found his way to this primetime if Raw wasn't there. What, you wasn't, know it's true. Wasn't like Stephanie Wine, and Harry She's ninety four, hanging out with him? Uh, Charlie Man. Harry Man. It doesn't matter yeah. whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. They all came later, but yeah, I agree with you, Quinn. I think that uh, it would have gotten worse faster. Right. As much as everyone loves primetime. I know I keep beating this dead horse. As much as everyone loved primetime. It wasn't going to stay the same. No. Gorilla Monsoon, like, stopped commentating full-time in 93. It's true. He wasn't going to be... Do- he didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. He was, like, their utility guy. Yeah, I, I mean, th- he's the guy you put there when you want to bring in Art O'Donnell and shit. And, well, like, and when Vince under- is on trial. Yeah, to keep <laughs> him under control. He's right? the guy you bring in when the owner has a steroid trial. Yeah. He's the guy that does All-American with Johnny Polo because it's <laughs> easy and it t- takes probably 20 minutes to film. Yeah. You know, that type of shit. And Gorilla was probably on his way to a restaurant or something. That i am that, got it, a sizzler. Yeah, He's like, oh, stop over there, Vince! <laughs> oh, I'll do it with Apollo. I don't care. I like yeah. him. Yeah. So exactly. anyway, Evan Weiss, thank you for your question. You are the winner for today, but I am not sure that Raw debuted too early. I think it debuted perfectly because, like Quinn said, it shook things up and they needed a shakeup. They did. If you haven't rewatched late 92, I did a whole Twitter thread like a, a while back on this, the transition yeah. of late 92 into 93. It's poor. Yeah, this was necessary, right? I mean, actually, now on the network they put basically all of like ninety two on there. Yeah, right. And, and it's it gets very dumpy like near the end. It's it's really it's bad. It's not good, folks. And they needed Too much Harvey Whippleman and shit and it's, Kamala oh yeah, and that whole angle. It's, it's really bad. Um, and they needed something to kind of kind of like a benchmark or kind of like a, an official stamp saying. This is the new era, for better or for worse. Yeah. This is the new era. There's no more primetime. We've got Todd Pettengill now. Mooney's leaving. Mm-hmm. Gorilla's stepping down. This is what it is, whether you like it or not. Right. They and needed to <laughs> rip that Band-Aid off. That's all it was. And whether for better or for worse, I think it was for better because... They needed to take this step backward to take two steps forward. That's the way I look at it. I agree with you. And I think it was a good question, Evan Weiss. And folks, again, if you have not submitted the question to wheel, you stop, you have all season to do so because it's a rolling segment. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, the wheel, no pun intended, will keep rolling all season. The wheel will keep spinning. You can add it. But one per person. So if you've done it already, use an alias (laughs) and uh, email it to ovpodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, when we come back, we are talking finishers and we're talking the worst finishers this week. We're going to be flushing the first two down the pooper here as we get into the Royal Flush finishers. That is coming up right after this.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. New WWF figures give you the power of the knockoff Prince of Virgil, the audience, the environment, and the madness of the macho man. Collect new WWF figures now. Go separately. Dig it. So you've had a rough day, but you still have a family to feed. Since well, bring them the Sizzler, where kids eat for just 99 cents. With Sizzler's new Just for Kids bar, your kids can get just what they want. It's just their size. It's just filled with things they love. And for 99 cents Monday through Thursday, it's just the right price.
1: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 142. It is Monday, August 19th. I'm here with The Kid, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Uh, Mike the Kid Quinn. Mike the Kid Quinn. Quinn, we mentioned this briefly, but let's talk about it again. We do have a Patreon. Oh, yeah, Patreon. We have that. I think the site is patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. You got it, kid. You got it this week. (laughs) You got it this week. And folks, if you want to get it, you can get a lot of extra content for a very low price. Now, it's $2.00. $3 $3 or $5 a month. That's it. That's literally all you have to pay. $2 a month is going to get you the raw video of every Monday episode. The raw making of. If we ever make mistakes or have problems, you'll yeah, get to see that. You'll get to see the doozy of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? And That's every single Monday, 2 bucks a month. Now, if you add $1 to that, one more dollar, that's $3 a month. Not only do you get those raw videos every Monday, you also will get every other Friday. WWF Championship Wrestling from 1983 as live reviewed by Quinn and myself. Yes, we've just started 1983. Yes, very we very exciting. Uh, one one. Yes, one one. 83 it was on the first day one. Yeah, of is the that year. cool? Is it, that that's rare right there? And what that is, if you're a newer fan, is. Uh, for the last two and a half years almost. Mm. Quinn and I went through all of 1982 from January to December. We did, and you get access to that for yep. only $3, $3 a month. Yeah. And a bunch of the free ones are on YouTube and our normal podcast feed, so you can check it out. And if you like it, man, every other Friday we get new ones. It's 1983. That's 3 bucks a month. And then finally, just max it out if you want to. $5 a month gets you everything that we just mentioned and monthly pay-per-view reviews. That's right. Quinn and I are reviewing Every WWF pay per view in order in a full two and a half, three hour audio podcast mm-hmm. every month. We it's go a, it's a lot. It's a lot. We go in detail to everything. We just did, and it should be out by now. I have to check with our producers. should be out by now, the Royal Rumble. If not, it'll be coming out any day. Rumble 88. Yeah, yep. which wasn't even on pay-per-view, but, no, but we're, we're, we're it. counting it in the canon. Yeah, we're putting it in the canon. The George on, canon. More on canon later. Next month will be WrestleMania four, which I'm personally looking forward to because I've watched that show for 20-something years, <laughs> and I can't wait to actually have to give it match ratings and, and watch it critically. So that's patreon.com slash Podcast. We really believe it's a great value. If you're looking for more OVP, content or you just want to support the show. And if you don't, guess what? We understand and that's okay. We're just thankful you're even listening to this. Yeah, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Quinn, we asked our friends to uh, provide us a list of their top 10 and bottom 10 finishing moves in wrestling. (laughs) Wow. Yes. And uh, that's the Royal Rankings and the Royal Flush. And what the Royal Rankings is is the 10 best, the Royal Flush, the 10 worst. And what we did is we took all of the votes that we received and we put them into two separate tanks before the season started. Every week, we draw out two names, and we see where they rank. Now, Quinn, this was interesting because Mm -hmm. we had asked the fans, are we going to do five royal rankings in a row and then five royal flushes in a row? Oh, we're talking about this, aren't we? Or if we were going to alternate, because this was suggested. Now, early on, I threw up a poll, and it was close, but doing five and then five won. Right before the season started, I just wanted to make sure people understood the implications. We got to make sure, yeah. So I put up another poll. And this time the alternating one. So I went to Quinn for a tiebreaker. Quinn, what was your uh, decision here? Alternating. <laughs> there it is. It just breaks up the monotony. It does break up the monopoly of it. Yeah, and, the monopoly and the monogamy, all yeah. of that. All the monogamy, <laughs> the monoral I, I for, sound. I forgot a G there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> so very G. Yeah. It, so, it's so G that word. So I'm sorry. Uh, we will still be alternating. Yeah, this season maybe we'll try the five and five next season or another season. Right, but for now we're going to be alternating. So it's the royal flush, which means it's the worst finishers. This is week one, so there's nothing on the board yet, and it also means Quinn has yet to hear the brand oh, new yes. intro. Here we go. That has been put together. Am so, I going to laugh? Am I going to cry? Let's see what happens. I hope all of those things. Let's go down to Howard Finkel, folks, and the royal flush.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is now. Is it the heart punch? Here it comes. Save the roads my middle player from the one. There's another six one nine. Another six one nine connecting. There's David Roderick. That's the Claude Kamala. Oh, there's the carbon stop. I didn't know Double J knew the fleet.
1: The royal flush of finishers. Some ones I was not expecting on that. Yeah, that, some interesting that ones there. in that intro there. But it is random, right? Or yes, whatever. It, those might not be it. I don't but, know, uh, Quinn. Can we turn what? the oh. toilets down around here? That's something that hasn't changed. Okay, that, that those toilets just they. Whoa! <gasps> hey! Ah! So, they never stop. They never stop. They're, they're, they're going even during the rankings. Oh, week. yeah. We there's, just have to sh- We cover the audio. Close the door. <laughs> yeah, we close the stall. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, folks, we have two entrants that are going to be coming out any second now. Basically, what happens if you're new to the show, we're going to talk about each one, and then we're going to rank them. By the end of the season, we will have the definitive Quinn list of OVP-certified, non-GMO, scientifically ranked. Organic. Hey, organic. Thank yeah. you very much. All natural, made in the USA. Whoa. Best and worst finishing moves. Yeah, it's new for me. N- new initiative yes. made in the USA. Well, just okay. this season, yeah. We're not importing any. Okay. <laughs> well, we the, might. The how do we know tariffs. that some of these finishers weren't? Uh, oh, that's true. From, maybe something from a different area. That's true. Maybe a NAFTA agreement. Yeah. All right. So, uh, without any further ado, Quinn, why don't we all go down to uh, the uh, ringside here and find out who drew number one?
0: <laughs> Canadian destroyer. Brady Williams.
1: Hey, you were right. It's, uh, from a, cr- from north of the border, Quinn. It's the yeah. Canadian Destroyer. Yes, the Canadian Destroyer. Now you, uh, I don't get how this okay. got voted in, Joe. Well, That's, let's let's talk. What, about are, it. what are people's issues with this? All right. First of all, folks, the Canadian Destroyer. If you're not familiar, and we want to explain this for mm-hmm. those, first of all, it was done by Petey Williams. Yes, Petey Williams. Yeah, he I, was a good wrestler. I had to make sure that that was his name, actually. I was looking that up as we were like introing. <laughs> were just, you really? Like, was his name Petey Williams? Yes, yeah. it was Petey Williams. And he, was, he was in the, the Canadian squad in TNA. There he was. Yeah, he made basically made his name in TNA. He was never in WWF. He was in TNA I for several liked years. Him, actually, I thought he had a good. <laughs> look, to Sam. Yeah. He's a little tiny, but... Um, Pretty good wrestler. He was also an ROH for a little bit, too. Remember that? Yeah. Cool. I, I never had a problem with this Petey Williams fella. Fine wrestler. Uh, uh, his yeah. finishing move was the Canadian Destroyer. Right, because he was from Canada. Yep, he was from Canada. This is Canadia. Canadia. Now, I don't know if that he necessarily invented it, but he certainly popularized it. Oh, yeah. I never had seen it until he did it in 2002 or 2003 yeah, or, or something like that. Yeah, three or something like that. And I was like, that's... I thought it was a pretty impressive move. I, I, I guess people don't like it. Now, here's what's interesting about it. In contrast to last week, mm-hmm. where one of the best, in fact, right now on the board, the number one best is the pile driver slash tombstone pile driver. Yeah, this is a kind of pile driver, no? It's technically a front flip pile driver. So basically, right. what happens, maybe Quinn can describe it along with me. It's basically a sunset flip pile driver. But it, I don't know you, how else to describe it. You start it. in the powerbomb position. Yes. And then you. You act flip. like you're doing a sunset flip. You act like you're doing a sunset flip, but instead of them landing on their shoulders, you take them a little bit further and yeah. land, they land on their head like a pile driver.
0: Now he's got Joyride hooked up. Good, oh! destroyer! Were the announcers in the fucking water closet?
1: It is visually very impressive. I think the reason it got so many votes is because it is very hard to believe outside of kayfabe. Okay, I want to say this Go ahead. about it. I personally feel the person who did it the most snug and, like, it looked legitimate because he did it so quick and it snapped was Petey Williams himself. Well, he did it fantastically. Right. And I feel that in the years after, because Petey Williams kind of didn't make it as a household name, other wrestlers started doing it, even in WF. I've seen it happen before in Uh, recent times. Not as their special move, just as a move. I remember... Trevor Murdoch doing a very sloppy, horrible variation of it.
0: Starting to show on the face of of Trevor Murdoch here. That face, you can't really... Yeah. Yeah, real great audio clip there, you pathetic carpet muncher. I can really tell what's going on in that clip just by listening. For all I know, it could have been two goats copulating while Jr. has a goddamn orgasm. Good job doing a whole motherfucking season based on moves that you have to see instead of hear, you fucking prick.
1: I can't name the wrestlers because I feel like it's Rey like a, it's like a sub move. It's not there's it never someone's finisher. Other than Petey Williams, right. I I've just seen it used in other matches. And I feel that they never captured the Devastatingness of it, like if that's even a word, you know what I mean? Like, but- yeah, I guess so. But I, the the problem with it is, is theoretically, how does that work? Like, we understand a regular pile driver; you lift the guy up when he's incapacitated, you dump him on his head. But all this flipping, how does all okay. that work without so, cooperation so from let, somebody? Let me explain something. Oh, here we you. go. Actually, it doesn't need cooperation from someone because the, the flipping. No, no, no. Because you, you as the person doing it, flip over. This not, is horse. No, your whole your jumping over them and doing a flip while you're holding them by, like, the waist, practically. And you're just letting go at the right time when they land on their head. So, like, it's really... The the person executing is, in my opinion, the one that has full control here. Because if you look... At At least in kayfabe. I understand there's cooperation, but... If you look at the move... When when they're doing the when the guy that's going to do it let's say Petey Williams, his opponent has to like backdrop him first in order for him to do the flip How over. So? Why is why can't you? I'm just saying from like from a kayfabe perspective, Joe. This why, is horse. Why couldn't this move P, stinks. Why couldn't Petey Williams Petey be jumping over him? Okay, play it for me. I'm gonna show Quinn, folks. I know you can't see it, but I'll, I'll give you the audio okay. just for shits here. Yeah, Quinn, look at this. Okay. okay. Charging now is Williams. He's setting up for it. Right. He is getting second. backdropped. Oh goodness, no! There's no way around it. It's like, hmm. and listen to cheese. Oh my goodness. No! Shut the I fuck mean, up. You must Mike admit tonight. though, that looked fucking devastating how that was planted. You no, know, the impact looks good, but in order to even get to that position, the opponent has to want to backdrop you. So you're basically relying on the chance that, okay, you're setting them up for a pile driver. They're going to want to backdrop out, and then you're flipping through with the momentum. Is that the kayfabe? My kayfabe. It stinks, bro. Basically. <laughs> Um, my kayfabe is that you're jumping. But how are you making them backdrop you? No, look how Petey's... No! (laughs) No, 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 no. Look at it again, Joe. Look how Petey's holding him by the the, the, the waist or whatever. No, this is a bad move. Okay, pause, pause. See yeah, Petey's holding him by the waist, right? Yeah, let's look at something on this audio podcast. I'm just saying, Petey's holding him by the waist, Yes, right? he is. And the guy, that the, the guy is trying to backdrop out of it. You're saying that, but... Look at it I'm, in slow motion. <laughs> all I'm saying... This is crappy. All I'm saying, Joe, is that Petey is jumping, and he's car- the momentum of his initial... The inertia of his initial jump is swinging the guy. It's like a swinging motion. What do you and, know about inertia? It's very scientific. I mean, this is a very scientific list. Is there centrifugal force involved in this? I'm not sure. Possibly. Okay. It's very scientific how this all works. So I... Okay, but... So you can understand... That I can understand... The kayfabe, At least in my brain, kay. how this works. But... That being said, I yes. can also understand from your perspective yeah. that... To me, this is all about execution from both sides. Yeah. There's probably a way for it to look... More like it's coming from the guy executing yeah, yeah. it than, than the guy. And, and look, Petey Williams is the best guy to do it. Anyone else I've ever seen do it, it looked like crap. Yeah, but again, it's wrestling, right? And there's Irish whips, and we don't really question the uh, logistics right. of that and the physiology and the and I think, I think, <laughs> anatomy of that. I think, in the defense of this move, that's another part of this is that it was a new move, and that um yeah, it was a lot of people maybe weren't ready to accept the kfig i'm just i'm just saying ready to accept the kfig basic but if you look at that if you don't look at it trying to study it, if you just see it happening, Joe... Yeah. It's super, it looks it, awesome. It's super fast. So it's like you're not really thinking, like, you're right. oh, how you're is right. this guy lifting you're him right. or whatever. Like, I totally agree. And the impact You're you seeing two grown men flip through the air, and then one of them lands on his head. It looks cool. Right. But I think this is to use maybe a JR phrase here. Mm-hmm. The beginning of, because this is pretty early, early 2000s, the era of these moves that are, uh, you know, all sizzle, no steak. If you know what I'm saying. Well, I think there's a lot of steak at the end. No, there's get, no steak. They get planted on it's their damn sizzle, head and, and fly sizzle. in the air off their head. It's sizzle and grizzle is yep. what I would say, There's grizzle. no steak. You don't think there's any steak here? I don't see much steak. I think it's it's steakish it's a, it's, it's got a bit steak. But I'm the defender here. I don't know how yeah, you I don't know con- what you're doing. I don't know how you convince me that this isn't number 10 at the very least. Well, like, we'll have to find out. Because I think this is a great move. Well, we don't know what's next, and we I know. don't know... We're only at one and two. Yeah, we have eight, but, nine more moves to talk about. But do you have any, like, other argument as to why it's bad? Because as a move itself, just in the storyline perspective... Sure. Like we said, it looks absolutely devastating when you land the way, the impact you take and everything, like... It's, yeah, it's like a two-parter. It's right. like the, the, the setup for it is goofy. I guess. But the... Fu- it, it is because the guy is flipping you up it's a back body drop that you turn into a pile can I, driver can i ask you a question personally you can like win, when yes. you first saw this move happen i ever, thought it was cool you no, thought not it gonna was lie. cool yeah. i'm not gonna lie did he, but did you were you like did any of that question in your mind happen oh like i don't from, think so you like did you think like oh the guy is back body no, dropping no, no, him or no. whatever but like, i wasn't a scientist yet you weren't but i'm just saying I, I guess now. i guess from a uh, entertainment perspective i don't think they're really counting on people to analyze it like we're analyzing it on a podcast no of course Uh, not they're just just like oh it's a really fast swing and that's it believe you me i keep that in mind here you know that this is wrestling right exactly suspension of disbelief is necessary for all of it uh however though you compare it right we have points of reference you compare it to other finishers Mm -hmm. and you can see where it falls short in terms of believability True. That's all I'm saying. But I think the thing that's interesting about this one over most of these that yep. we've seen so far, mm-hmm. the Pile Driver and the Stunner, yep. the thing that seems to be against it is the believability, but everything else about it is pretty great. That's really the only mark against it. True. It's just that people refuse there's a lot of old timers that just refuse. And I, I don't have a problem if you're if you refuse to like believe in this move, but I mean like mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just for people That have watched wrestling for a long time. This one is a hard one to believe. Yeah. (laughs) But for people just turning it on and seeing that shit happen. It looks cool. It looks incredible. It does. And Mm -hmm. it has all the other checkpoints. But before we get to ranking time here, why don't we find out now who drew number two? But it's an interesting choice. Enough people felt strongly enough about it that it got voted in. That's true. So, I mean, we don't. Oh, for the record, again, in case you're new here, we don't vote. Quinn and oh, yeah. I do not vote on these. We're just the scientists. They just give us the samples. Yeah, we just get. <laughs> I'm, it's true. We just we just rank them. Yeah, yeah. we just get the, the, the fecal samples, Matter the here. Samples, samples show up to the lab. We don't ask questions. No. They're just here. We just um, provide answers. Right. That's it. This is just in the column of petri dishes. That said, yeah. Um, petri Williams. That, yeah. That said uh, the bad finishers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's find out who drew number two.
0: I'm sick and tired of everybody complaining about my heart punch.
1: Well, Quinn, if you want realism, the heart punch is at least believable that anyone could do it. Now, this thing looks like a piece of poo, though. Well, it's a punch. Okay. (laughs) That's why. You want to talk kayfabe. The heart punch. Here's the thing, is that everybody knows in wrestling, (sighs) even from the olden times, that everyone pulls their punches in wrestling or they would be bruised. So this this is especially broken. Well, this is kayfabe, though. I know that, but I'm saying that like this here, requires no cooperation. Everyone got on, on Petey Williams' case no, about the kayfabe there. Well, because it looks like the two guys cooperating, and this is at least you're getting punched. Or that anyone got, can punch someone. Or this someone. guy is doing nothing. Punch. Like, that, that's the <laughs> no punching. punching, punching. But let's let's focus on that. Don't they always punch this each other? This is a finishing move that <laughs> is a punch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now the idea, folks, is that you you're you're holding the opponent's arm in the air so you're like making their heart like a nice wide target. And they can't defend themselves. Correct. Mostly. They can't even brace for impact. Is right. that like what it is? That's correct. And you're punching them right near the heart you know on the side of the rib cage there. And apparently it's supposed to like hit some kind of nerve and mm-hmm. you know, oriental pressure point. <laughs> Famously or infamously, this is a hard punch. How did they, <laughs> How did anyone decide that this was good? I don't know. Uh, like I think King's just regular punch is better than this. Regal's regular punches yeah, are better than this. Power of the punch. Terry Funk's punches are better than this. Yeah. Big show's punches. But anyway. Stan the Man Stasiak was, I guess, the first purveyor of this move here. A a WWF champion, believe it or not. Nine-day champion, that's right. Uh, Stan the Man Stasiak used it. Ox Baker used it, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Apparently, Big John Stud did, but I never saw him use it. Notice it's always people that you don't really associate with good wrestling. None of these guys would be doing the Canadian Destroyer. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. None of these Um, guys would be doing that. And my first exposure to it, exposure in something you need to get vaccinated for, perhaps, was uh, none other than Jailbird era crush. Right. I was going to say, that's who my first exposure to it too was, because Jared would be like, oh, and then I'd be like, oh, I guess this is like a regular move or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Because I thought, I was like, this is so poor. Not only Crush for the record might have an array of the worst finishers ever with the fucking head crunch. Yeah. And then whatever he did when he was Ninja Crush. The best thing he ever did was the demolition move because yeah. he was in Demolition. He was the one off the his. top rope yeah. for the Demolition move, right? Yeah. But holy shit, if anything says low impact and <laughs> not exciting, it's a punch. I don't know why... <laughs> it's this, a punch! I don't know why this was a championship-winning move well, at all. Okay, but let's... Context, right? The even seven- in the 70s, it's poor! Hey. I say, I don't care. Well, I don't know. Backlum was using the atomic drop. as What was Bruno's finisher? A bear hug? At least those have some uh, shizzle. Like, they, bear hug. I'm... <laughs> Well, bear hug, yeah, but... Bruno used the bear hug, didn't he? Wasn't I'm, that his fucking finisher? What was his finisher? At least with the bear power hug, slam, you can, you can shake him around a little bit to make it look... The hard punch, there's, like you said, there's literally... It's a n- punch. There's nothing. Well, again, in the 70s, maybe it's more acceptable. Maybe. In the 90s, oh, though. Oh, when Crush was doing it, it was not even anything. And this is a downgrade for him, I think, in terms of finishers, right? Un- the I, yeah. head crunch might be better because it was innovative. It's nothing, though. Somewhat. The head crunch is just like a double claw. <sighs> the head crunch is poor. I think the point here is crush sucks. Yeah. And so does the heart punch because it's the polar opposite of a Canadian destroyer. It because <laughs> no excitement at all. The only thing it has going for it is that it's realistic that it could be done to someone. Here's the other Meaning thing. Meaning I, was- I could walk up to you now and do it. I wouldn't, right. Quinn. I wouldn't do that here's to you. The, here's the thing I think is going folks? for it the most. Should I get up and no. punch you? No. 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 <laughs> uh. That doesn't even hurt. Right, but it's doable. Right. Right? In kayfabe, you know, it's doable. Okay. The Canadian Destroyer, I could not do to you right now without Mm -hmm. your cooperation. You get what I'm trying to say? Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. But I can punch you. Right. That's the only thing it has going for it in terms of realism. Other than that, it looks like a punch. (laughs) Right. It looks like shit. (laughs) Well, the thing it does have going for it, actually, in my opinion, is that it does have somewhat of a setup, because you said with uh, putting their arm... Behind their head, so that you can add some psychology. Yeah, to but it. The, this ain't Savage climbing the ropes or Hogan during doing the big boot. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, I guess. it's... I, <laughs> I mean, if you're Jeff, it's like like, oh, he's putting him in a position there, can to find himself. <laughs> <when> it <laughs> it's like, oh, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna, is he gonna break out? Is he gonna do it? <laughs> uh, is he gonna break out? Ah, uh, I think the the thing we've established though is that it is probably the most realistic move that we've talked about these last two weeks. More than a stunner. <laughs> I don't know. A tomb sounds pretty fucking realistic. Yeah, but you still need to get someone up in that position to do it. Of course, if you do it, it'll hurt. Yeah, I'm saying if you're a big guy, you could probably force a littler guy into that position in well, some in some way. Yes, in theory, you know, you yourself could go. Tombstone a kid right now if you right, wanted exactly. to. Don't do that. No, you don't. But I'm wrong. saying, I'm saying that it, it, it's it, wrong, folks. It, there's some level of realism and plus the impact would like kill you. Well, of course, yeah. right. But the heart punch, there is impact. It is realistic. It's just, it's a punch. It's it, just- you know what it is? It's like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's an actual like part of wrestling where if it's too realistic, it's just not <laughs> exciting. It's yeah. like, Reality based, and it's like I want to see like extraordinary fighting. I well, don't want to yes. see I, that's I don't why we we'll watch wrestling, yeah. I don't want to see ordinary fighting, like you know, boxing punches right. or finishing moves, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Think though. about it though, well, like in boxing, that any what- punch could be a finishing <laughs> move in boxing, <laughs> right? I mean, you see, sometimes like in real boxing, like people just go down to like a jab because it just hits them in the right fucking Correct. spot, like, it's right, because like, right. like, that's that's how fighting works That's in real That's real life. fighting. Yeah. In real fighting, a front face lock could knock you out cold. Right. Watch UFC. That's right. I've seen people get choked out. Or a like, sleeper it, hold, for yeah, example. true. An, an arm bar, as much as we make fun of arm bars in wrestling, You could break someone's you're, arm. You're submitting, generally, but to again, a good arm But again, these moves bar. are too basic in in the wild world of professional wrestling yeah. to be... And, to be Good. And and that's not even Vince McMahon's wild world of wrestling. Oh, no. We're talking this is years and years before, yeah. Lutez's wild world of wrestling. I mean, those shooters realized that that wasn't exciting. Right. They wanted to make money. I think that even goes back to, like, Gotch and all them. Like, Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Hackenschmidt and yeah, all that. All that, all that bullshit. Like, all those guys, like, they realized that's why wrestling got fixed in the first place. Was to make it exciting. And that's why, to me, the heart punch fundamentally goes against what wrestling is. Like it's, it's it's like well it's the so, entertainment aspect. I'm saying yeah. it's so normal that right. it's not it's not professional wrestling. It's just fighting. Yeah, it's, it's like pre Carny professional wrestling. Yeah, it's like <laughs> when it was real, and it's but it's it's not in a good way. It's just not fun to watch. It really isn't. There's yeah. no build up to it besides, I guess, if you're interested in watching someone put their arm behind their head. Right. There's no real come down from it. There's no, the impact is a, it's a punch. Look. Yeah, that's the other thing. The impact is so bad. I remember, especially when Crush used to do it, it was just like, I don't get it. Like, why are they dead? Like, yeah. it, it doesn't make any, as, as far as from a visual entertainment Visually, perspective, like if I, it was a real fight, yeah. If you need to he would just keel over in a real fight, there would yeah. be some spectacular. Cell or anything right. like that, but that goes—that's true for any punch that these wrestlers throw. Mm-hmm. That's why to have one as a finishing move is a very strange choice, right? And I—I I think that takes us to ranking pretty. I think it does, yeah, Quinn. Like it's it's pretty. That's all I really can say about it. To be honest, N- with I you. agree with you. I think it's fair to recap again the Canadian Destroyer, the the highs and lows of that. Mm-hmm. Just so we're setting some criterion here for the flush, yeah. Criterion—it's a real word. What I would say is that the Canadian Destroyer. Mm-hmm. has the entertainment aspect. It looks visually really cool without it, knowing anything about wrestling. It's got the uh, sizzle, if you will. It's got the sizzle. I think, even though you said it doesn't, I think the, re- the end of it is the sizzle and it looks amazing. It looks great. A lot of steak there. The, there's no steak. Huh. The impact is really, really good, but the impact is a pile driver. Uh-huh. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's a pile driver with theatrics before it. Right. That's all it is. Which I think... At the I end think, of the day. I think that adds the impact, though. Personal. i'm not disagreeing with you because the other thing we're talking about here is a punch yeah (laughs) well in this case i'm just trying to set the record straight that i don't personally believe that the canadian destroyer even belongs on this i know but it is and i i'm just trying to set the stage here folks and i think that that's going to be number 10 but well hey last season i had my ahmed yeah right and i kept ahmed at the very bottom i kept him in number 10 quinn this might be your time to try to fight for the canadian destroyer but I I don't know Uh, or the American destroyer that's done in America (laughs) obviously I think uh, I'm gonna go with you though I think the heart punch is a horrible finishing choice it's Even in the 70s. I mean, here's the thing about the heart punch, which is even more interesting is the heart punch is one of those really pieces of shit that could could survive at number one for the whole time. It may. Uh, We don't know what else is going to be coming up though, and neither do you folks, so I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what else gets pulled out, but... So there you have it, then. That was the easiest ranking ever, but I mean, always the first week is is the easiest. It's going to get more intense, but... This is pretty cut and dry. So, for the record, just so everyone's clear, why are we putting the heart punch at number one? Because it looks like it's a punch it's it looks a punch. like a regular move it's a punch and that to me is what <laughs> exemplifies a bad finisher it's supposed to be like your best Yes, More specialist move. And it's yeah. just like a move. You're punching someone like 12 inches lower than you normally it's would. It's kind of like when people do the abdominal stretch for a finisher. <laughs> I just, I'm just like... Or what? an atomic drop or a bear hug, perhaps, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm with you, Quinn. I can live with that. Uh, as much as I don't like the Canadian Destroyer's theatrics, I like pile drivers all the same. You like the reaction, though. I know you I do. I like the impact of the Destroyer. Yeah, I won't lie. Uh, we'll see where that fares, but folks, that will bring us to our official ranking, which means we have official ranking music for oh, The boy. Flush here. We have to do it. So, for number one here. It's better than last year. It is. It's the Heart Punch and at number two is the Canadian Destroyer. Uh, That's all we got on the list so far, but obviously let us know what you think, what's better and what's worse, and as the season goes on, you'll be able to give us your best and worst of the finishing moves in wrestling. But, Quinn, when we come back, speaking of the 70s, we're going back to them to review a promotion we have not touched yet. It's the IWA, and we'll see what that's all about right after this.
0: Mm, I'll get it. I'll get it. McDonald's Big Mac. The big sandwich with a great, big taste that everybody's talking about. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce. Oh, wait <laughs> on a minute. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. Oh, got him. Two all beef patty, special
1: sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions,
0: on a sesame seed bun. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, sesame seed bun. Got it. Two all-beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Two all-beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Got it. McDonald's Big Mac. Just give us the word. Two all-beef patty, special sauce, cheese, lettuce, pickles, onions on a specially beat it. You deserve a break today at McDonald's, where your dollar gets a break every day.
1: Now, back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Here on episode number 142. Hey, Quinn. Yeah? Did you know there's other wrestling podcasts besides us? I've heard of that before. You've heard of that before. It's possible. Now we know you know the Conrad Thompson crew you know we're not talking about them no no blue shoe no, no, here no 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 we're talking about other regular people that don't have millions of dollars yep. that do very quality good fun entertaining wrestling podcasts there's three that we're gonna shout out yeah people that are moving up the charts in New Zealand that's and right and those other countries that's right uh, let's start with the wrestling podcast about nothing WPAN. It's hosted by two guys. Gwen One is a former referee mm-hmm. who's retired from refereeing. The most retired referee you'll ever meet. Yep, his name is Mike Crockett. Right, More retired than like the Hebners, Nick Patrick, all He's those guys. He's more retired than the Crocketts. Yeah, than as... Jim Crockett Sr. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, his partner, though, on the show is an active wrestler who actively wrestles in Ring of Honor with his partner, the Beer City Bruiser. It is the brawler, Brian Malonis. Or the Wine City Whaler, That's right, as, we call, him, as we call him around here. The shirts are coming. Yeah, the Wine City Wheeler shirts are coming. But check out the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. It's about wrestling, not nothing. And it's cool because they were fans of wrestling growing up, but they also have worked in the business. So Mm -hmm. they have a dual perspective. You can use that in your marketing there, Crockett. So check it out. It's really fun. You'll get some uh, nostalgia, but some also current stuff and some insight. It is the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Now, also, let's talk about the uh, Massachusetts Destroyer, Quinn. Petey Winson, not Petey Williams. Now, it's funny you bring him up because when we were doing that, that finishers just now, <laughs> yes. I literally was like, was his name Petey Winson? <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, no, no. That's why I looked him up on Google that's while we funny. were doing this. No, but uh, Pete Winson, what he does is he has a one man show. It's called Greetings from Allentown. And uh, he doesn't live in Allentown, but he talks about it sometimes and a lot of other old WWF, WCW, and other promotions. It's basically a one hour, or he'll take a one hour syndicated episode of wrestling programming generally. Mm -hmm. And he'll review it. But really, while he's doing that, he talks about a lot of other stuff. Yeah. You know, like pop culture, nostalgia, and stuff like that. Bruins. A lot of Bruins, you know, weird beer facts, and just all sorts of quirky, weird things. It's really worth your time. It is. It's a very good show. It's called Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one guy, Petey Winson. Check it out. And... We have friends south of that Mason there, Dixon line. You wear the trucker hat and you have your uh, ratchet Wrestling on the side of Coleslaw there and barbecue sauce. It's the most southern podcast. Very southern. A very uh, non professional, <laughs> unprofessional. Alleg- allegedly. That's what he calls it. It is booking the territory. It's Mike Mills. He has a crew. They talk about Smoky Mountain Wrestling and they talk about the uh, NWA Crockett era. So yeah, it's a now, cool little time mountains there. Mountains of smoke and of, of, smoke. of wrestling. Yep, it not is. Not Mike Crockett, No, not that one. Yeah. It is an unprofessional wrestling podcast and it is very classy. Check out. Mike Mills and Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show. Check them out. Support them. It is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and Book in the Territory with Mike Mills. But Quinn, we got some stuff to talk about here. We got a review. Mm-hmm. This tape was sent to us. Yeah, another another tape. Uh, yeah, thanks Richard Land for this one here. So and Rassle Real. <laughs> <where> <laughs> yeah, this, apparently as, hosted as, it as, is all over this. Yeah, this video. watermarked yeah. into it. Yeah, what we're reviewing here. I want to give you all the background now. The IWA, the International Wrestling Association from the 1970s. They were so popular, weren't they? Well, here's a little info on them, okay? okay. Before we even get into it, I want to know what people are... What we're talking about. They only existed for three years, Quinn. What did you get for Angela DelVecchio for her birthday? She didn't have a birthday while we were going out. For three years. That's, that's it? That's it. 1975 to 1978. Well, that's very certain. They were based out of Cleveland... And they grew out of something called the National Wrestling Federation, which was a conglomerate of, you know, it was wrestling, and it was from basically the 70s into the mid-80s. Now, anyway, the IWA, the intention of this promotion, and they actually did very well to start with, was they wanted to be a national wrestling promotion. Were they trying to expand in the 70s? Yeah, they were ahead of their time in a Uh, lot of ways. Well, the WF and the AWA did that, no. Not in the 70s, WWF was very regional. I just mean that they weren't part of the NWA is all I'm saying. Well, WF was in the 70s. Oh, that's right. Most people they, rejoined, that. yeah. they were the Northeast Territory right. for like all of the 70s. That's true. Until Vince Jr. took over. Right. But uh, AWA was doing its own thing. But this was supposed to be, they wanted to be truly international tr- or truly national. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were based out of Cleveland, but they ran shows in uh, all parts of the country. And apparently uh, they even gave Vince McMahon Sr. a run for his money in some markets, inclu- including New Jersey. Where they had a house show that actually drew fourteen thousand fans. Oh, shit. Yes. So there was some, some, but again, this is the mid seventies, so no one really knew now, what direction this was going. Now you'll see a, a fella on this this tape, and we'll mention him. But um, is he? No. I, I need to ask first and foremost is because again the New Jersey thing and all that shit. Yeah. George Cannon. Nothing to do with this. His, he just works there. He just works there. Okay. He didn't book it. He didn't run it. But he is here. Right. And it was just a couple of years, I guess they got into some shit with Jim Crockett promotions due to an antitrust or something like that. Well, really? Some legal mumbo jumbo. But anyway, they were a little bit ahead of their time. They were the, one of the first uh, wrestling promotions to use instant replay. Oh, they they really like to tell us about that. Which they're very proud of. And apparently they even had some overseas um, coverage in Nigeria and Singapore. They had their show run. Maybe satellites or something. Yeah, Early satellites. I guess so. Thanks, NASA. So this is one of, thanks NASA, this is one of those promotions that you never really hear much about. Kind of a forgotten promotion, much in the way that Central States was. Right. Uh, I would say, out of the gate, this is not bad. Uh, Quinn, being Quinn, you know, a little more critical than me, I don't know why, but it's fine. Yeah, it's not... It's fine. Okay, to be fair, it's not the worst. It's really anything. not bad. It's not... It's just very, like... I know there's some people that Quinn, you know, doesn't like. There's a lot of people that, are featured, that don't like. Yeah. That'll, be, I guess, be the, the thrust of the reviews. There's some good. There I is admit, some good. Yeah, there is some good. I, I will admit that. So, uh, all you people out there that are used to us being overly negative, Chris Morale or whatever your name is, <laughs> we do like stuff, right. Um, and this is something that I honestly... I really didn't have much bad to I say didn't, about it. I didn't expect to like it. I know, me but neither. But I, I'm not going to say I liked it. I, it was just very like it was fine. Mid, it was in yeah. the middle. So Richard Land, this might have backfired on you there, Pally, because this really wasn't that bad, right? Uh, so let's get into a Quinn. It is the IWA. It is episode 16 of 1975. Whatever that's, that means. That's about all we know. Well, this is the best I can say. If it started in January, I was going to say if episode one was in January, then so it's 16 weeks in. So we're in the spring. Yeah, that's what I'm it's guessing. Probably April. It's let's call it April seventy five yeah. for shits. Quinn for me, a very jolly intro. Good music to start this. Right, and, um, and um, some um, very international wrestling in the intro. Oh, so international! The most international I've ever seen. Well, we run down the international roster here. Let's get to it. We have the uh, Mill Mascarez again. Uh, Ugh. Uh, why he he's like their main person. He stinks. Yeah, he is uh, Ivan Koloff. Okay, yeah, he's fine. I like him. The Mongols. Uh. Ernie? What? Rare. Rare to see him. We never see him. I always associate him with WF. Yeah, in the South, but we never see Ernie. You're right. I like Ernie. Text McKenzie. Who? don't know yeah uh, dick bulldog brower i've possibly heard of him i know that name yeah i name. know that name bulldog in the, in the, brower in the crap that we've done <laughs> yeah. through all over these these years of doing this show i know I've that i heard that name uh the mighty igor looks like a trucker but i dig his like big smile in the intro Hi. and honestly i was gonna say this about this intro yeah that smile he gives all of a sudden i feel like i'm watching a sitcom because he's like in a star or whatever and we're getting credits yeah there's credits it's It's really weird uh, he's the one that really made me start to feel like I was watching a sitcom right because I mean you expect Henry Winkler as Fonzie to be next after this you know the way they're introducing everything by the way fuck Fonzie yeah fuck him Thunderbolt Patterson the Love Brothers they related to brother love I mean love brothers yeah I don't know what that's all about brother love's the youngest one obviously because it was like 10 years later yeah of course Cowboy Bob Ellis. Oh, that cowboy! (laughs) (laughs) Eric the Red. I have a question about who that is, but go ahead. Gino Brito and Dino Bravo. How? How the hell? (laughs) How do they appear on everything? Well, we saw them in canon, right? It's unfortunate. That that specific team was in canon. Rip Hawk... The third Hawk. Well, because there's Hawk Hogan. Right. And then there's Hawk Hawk. Hawk and Just then, regular Hawk. Yeah. And then this is Rip Hawk. Rip obviously. Hawk. Luscious Larry Himamini. <laughs> How many fucking people are on this like, suit? <laughs> this is so long. This who was, is Luscious Larry Himamini, though? I don't know. <laughs> Argentina Apollo. Apollo, not Rocca. No, man. not Argentina Rocca. Uh, Argentina Apollo. Not Rocca. Is that his brother or something? Yeah, are I they don't related? Know. No, not really. And Luis Martinez. Literally just some guy named Luis. There's nothing about him. There's nothing to say. His hair is bad. I really do love it, though, folks. We're not exaggerating. They're doing this like it's opening credits. Like, they do this every show. It's like, here's all of our guys. Yeah, and there's, like, some funky music or whatever. awesome. I love the music. Also, the intro, Mighty Igor is happily dancing, which I liked. It was very nice. (laughs) It was. He's like... (laughs) Is he... I can't tell when he's not on this show, but he seems like he's a face, but he shouldn't be. Uh, that's I, exactly what I thought. I was uh, like, why is he so happy? There's no way that guy's a face, right? Right, exactly. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed yeah. that, too. Very happy intro, though. I was For 1975, this is a great intro. Right. Seriously. It's okay. Everything was good. It's uh, a little long, though. I, I hope they don't show this every week. Too many. I'm sure they yeah. do. Uh, Jack Reynolds welcomes us to the IWA. Yeah, Jack Reynolds weird.
0: Hi again, everybody. This is Jack Reynolds at
1: ringside. Now, Jack Reynolds, folks, he had a brief stint, like a cup of coffee in the WF for... You know, About the original host of Primetime. Yeah, he was there for about, what, seven, eight months in 85. He hosted Primetime with Jesse Ventura. I forget what else he did, All-Star Wrestling briefly. But anyway, Mm -hmm. Jack Reynolds, I've never seen outside of WWF, so we'll see him here. He runs down the lineup for tonight, which we won't spoil all of it for you, except I want to make mention that the IWA Rookie of the Year, Dino Bravo. Seriously? Will be facing one half of the IWA Tag Champions, Bolo Mongol. How is Dino Bravo like the main event? <laughs> How in seventy five? Very it's impressive. hideous. I love Dino Bravo now. Uh, I, I like him. What? Uh, what? We throw to a break and we come back where there's a very dumpy ring announcer. He's dressed like the Count from Sesame Street. His suit is very velvet. Oh, that uh, crushed velvet that look. Crushed velvet. It literally looks like he borrowed it from Girl of Monsoon. I know he has like an the angel, same size, but I just called him velvet the whole time. I know Can you we did. just call him that? Or velvet? Sure. Dream, if you, maybe he's his father. Referee for all the matches tonight will be Tommy Young. What was he like? Fifteen years old? Like this is so long ago. (laughs) Seriously, how old was Tommy? He must have been like forty. I also must warn everyone: he's very talky in this. Oh, it's great. No, it's awesome. There's this great stuff. Anyway, first match is one fall, fifty minute time limit here. And the ring looks like somebody dropped swamp water all over it or something. Like it's bad. It's all crinkly. (laughs) Yeah, like it dried out. Yeah, it's it's like if they had a ring at like summer camp and some kid like spilled like a bucket of lake water on it or the something lake and, and water. they were like well we can't replace this we got to keep it for the whole year so they like, have like I, a fan blowing on it overnight <laughs> yeah. to try to dry it they, the overnight they, they sent the kids home obviously because it's day camp and then they came back and it just looked like this and they're like well i guess this is gonna have to we're do for this, this year yeah because <laughs> of course there'd be a wrestling ring at summer well, camp. of course yeah, let the kids wrestle how That's, do you learn about wrestling yeah obviously if not at camp yeah, exactly. So our first wrestler here is Joe Richards, who is wearing a jacket made of, like, wrapping paper or something. His opponent, though, is Eric the Red, who is accompanied by George Cannon. Are you kidding me? Can't escape him. Oh, my God. This guy won't leave us alone like the last it, couple months It's here. great. Uh, the crowd, by the way, reacted to nothing. Yes. <laughs> not to the job or not to eric the nobody, red nobody cares no uh jack reynolds is with tex mckenzie himself down at ringside on commentary mm-hmm. eric the red is kind of dressed like bret hart from sinbad oh yeah he has the like a blanket, blanket on yeah. yeah uh tommy young's hair by the way very shaggy very young though very young yeah <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> i see what you did there more like he's tommy the young yes eric I, the red you get know. It. right very good what is humor uh, lock up and immediately Eric gouges the eyes and bites. Jack Reynolds has a great voice, I want to say for the record. He gets, you know, he's not good in WF. No. But he has a great announcer. Like, oh, yeah. hi, fan. I can't even do it. Hi, everyone. He's just very hi. stable. I don't <laughs> I know Jack how else to describe him. Stable. Stable. Kind yeah. of like, um, who's the guy from uh, World Class? Bill uh, Mercer. Bill Mercer. Yeah. Just, ah, the Cotton Bowl. yeah that, ah, the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, just very reliable. Yeah, reliable is a very good word. That mm-hmm. very solid announcer voice.
0: There's the bell, and the match is officially underway. And immediately, Eric goes after the eyes of Joe Richards, biting. Look at Eric, biting away. Scraping the eyes of Look at him, biting away.
1: It's serviceable. Serviceable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we get some choking, some face rope rubbing, a head butt by uh, Eric the Red here. He's basically Moondog Spot, and actually, like, is he Moondog Spot? No. But he had like a as a fat white guy with a beard. But he had a bone and all that shit. It's not spot. Are you sure? This guy died in 1978. Tragically, he was hit by a um, car mm. while crossing the highway because his car broke down. Whoa, really? Yeah, he, that's that's so rare. Yeah, I know. Usually that, that doesn't happen. He was hit by a car, like yeah, physically. Wrestlers tend to have these weird some some of them like especially these guys that travel like how what's the guy that uh adrian adonis like fell off a cliff or some shit the other car drove off a cliff yeah yeah i guess that's just the i guess when you're on the road so much the possibilities go up well i guess so i mean or you can get locked in a casket because 10 heels come out and beat you up I mean, there's I've also. have seen that happen. Yeah, there's also just you could get taken away in a casket like Conan. You know? Oh, yeah, well, he's. Yeah, or, or Big Rick or whatever. Yeah. Bale. Yeah, you could get killed in a comic book. There's all it's sorts possible. of ways. So let's get it here. Uh, George Cannon is shown, and he looks like he's wearing a batting practice helmet. Yeah, I'm what, not even kidding. I don't know what that was about because he doesn't take that off the it's whole episode. Great. Yeah, this match is not great, though. Honestly, more generic heel offense by Eric is Jack Reynolds Quinn. It's hyping up Dino Bravo, of course, on commentary. Uh, another shot of cannon, and he looks like the cop. Remember those old Cookie Crisp commercials with the cop? Was the cop, the cop like a dog? No, like the, the, <laughs> the, was the cop the no. dog himself? Yeah, Here is the thing, dog. There was the cop chased the like the I remember robber that yeah, and the robber had a dog. I just don't remember if the if <clears throat> the cops and robbers were like anthropomorphic porthic no there was the, just a, the porthic yeah. was just the uh the dog but didn't the dog turn face after that like he ditched his criminal lifestyle i swear so yeah i recall all the cookie crisp people eventually turned face like they were nobody it wasn't like strife or anything <laughs> cookie crisp universe there used part. to be though yeah. Yeah. right And, and eventually they're just like you know they're all just it's just for fun that's like what they did this is real, right? It's all real. <laughs> I remember the dog used to be like a robber and it had the mask. and Right, it had and they'd like always a... be chasing each other. Yeah, like... but then eventually the dog was just nice. They're just all <laughs> friends. Yeah, this real. is. I'm not making this it's up, all right? Real, yeah. Oh, thank God! All right. Anyway, so like, body slam from the rafters by Eric, according to Jack Reynolds. I don't know what that comment was. Like what? A body slam from the rafters. I, I my my only reaction was like, uh, okay. Like I, it was just like all about body slam. Yeah, it was like, fine. there was nothing to it. Uh, Eric takes some time to rile up the crowd. Here as we get a clubbing forum. another body slam and a very good big splash off the ropes gets the win for Eric the Red here. That was certainly the definition of a heel squash. Although we do get a replay in 1975 yep. which is impressive and Joe, you know, yeah, you said informed that. me for the first time when I we were starting this review that there was like my notes were just like, wow, there's a lot of replays yeah. on this shit and and yeah. that's why. They were very ahead of their time. Yeah, cuz that was their big that was their big high-tech thing. Yeah. There. We come back with Jack Reynolds backstage with Ivan Koloff. Is it over yet, the no, show? No, yeah, we got more I, I feel like that was a good way to end it right there. <laughs> just that one squash yeah, match that's like, I'm perfectly okay. Well, let's see how this is. Jack brings up how uh, Ivan Koloff here is the only man to ever defeat Bruno on MSG, which I think is probably true at this point, or it was for a while. Either way, just shut up. Why? Because it, it just sounds like they're like, we got Ivan Koloff. He beat Bruno, so we're better than W. That's what this felt like to me. Well, didn't WCW do that all the time? I understand that. In the that, later years? But usually, would not you customary not to brag that you were like yeah, something about your competition, or even bring up that this happened over in your competition? I don't know. Maybe IWA was also ahead of their time. You know, Cody Rhodes destroying thrones. Destroying mm-hmm. thrones. Maybe uh, maybe this promotion was way out of its time by bringing in the Russian bear he were defeated Bruno San Martino. Insane. Taking shots. Yeah. yeah. Running shows against Vince. See? Okay. The IWA was the original AEW. They stink. You heard it here first. They're, they're, I, I will say this as the little I've seen of AEW, it was better than this. Ivan says that he doesn't need an introduction because everyone knows who he is. He's, he's funny here. Yeah, he is good. I like him. <laughs> he goes on this rant about how he won all these different regional belts, but he doesn't care about that. He only wants the IWA world you know, title. You know what's weird to think? It's not that long since Ivan's been the WWF Four champion. Four years. Yeah, that's it's it. It's really not that not long. Not long at all. Yeah. And he also says he's going to kick the uh, champion Mil Mascarez's ass to get mm. this title. Mill Mascarez. Why? <laughs> Why would you hire him to be your champion? Sucks. he's Terrible he sucks. Now Ivan goes on to make fun of Dino Bravo for being rookie of the year. He be oh, good. <laughs> this was so funny. He's like, he's a small boy trying to do a good job. They only call him rookie of the year to give him confidence and say you do a good job. He's a favorite. He's like the school teacher's favorite. I'm okay with all of this. <laughs> by the funny.
0: Rookie of year. What do you mean rookie of year? He has not proven nothing. Only because he is a small boy trying to do man's job, they give him a little confidence. Tell him you rookie of year. You do good job. He is like favorite, like school teacher favorite.
1: I really like Ivan Cole. So do I. In general, like his whole career, I really like him. Especially prime seventies Cole off is he's really great in the good. He's Too, yeah, He is like in his, NWA. His promos are excellent. He's actually halfway decent in the ring when he's that, with that, Nikita. That yeah, uh, that late in his career, still is, good. He, he looks in good shape. Like I don't know. Yeah. I, I've always thought he was a he's a, good. He's an underlooked talent. Like he, I'll tell you what, Quinn. The yeah. uh, NWA had a leg up on the Russians versus WWF. Oh, way better. Like I know Volkov had a period of being good, but it really wasn't in the WWF. In, Do- in or Crockett's or whatever you like to call it, it was just they were more threatening. They more seemed, menacing. They seemed like they could win things. Whereas the Bolsheviks seemed like a couple of clowns. Oh, they were complete goofs. I mean, the, their best thing they ever did was sit in the bathroom with Steve Allen. That And that was only until 1990. And that's probably the best thing a lot of people have done with Steve Allen. Yeah. So Well, well actually, I don't agree with that, because I like Steve Allen a lot. He's he really doesn't funny. like wrestling. Remember, he turned his back on wrestling. He did? Before he died. Yeah, he was all anti-wrestling. Mm-hmm. He gets no kicks from Ukraine. He doesn't. Now another guy that Koloff wants to fuck up for no real reason is Cowboy Bob Ellis. He says he's gonna send him back onto his horse to wrestle fat cows, but first I he's gonna. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, but first he's gonna pull that ten-gallon hat over his ears. He is funny, man. He's this good stuff. This
0: was great. Wrestling those fat cows in field
1: back to the ring where the ring announcer Rick Martin still needs a very new suit definitely that, velvet, that velvet over here velvet is so bad He's, his name is velvet not Rick Martin <laughs> I know I had a very creative name Quinn. Yeah. velvet velvet how long did it take you to come up with that very good nickname I don't know <laughs> TNA apparently thought it up for Velvet Sky. What so, about Velvet McIntyre? Yeah. Oh, she, she's, she pre, she's a precursor. She's the original Velvet. <laughs> so he introduces here the great Goliath, <laughs> <laughs> Buddy uh. Wagner, who uh, appear to be jobbers. They, they look like goofs. Yeah, I'm thinking they're, they're the jobbers goosh. here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Their opponents are Nelson Royal, who I've heard before. I don't name NWA. And mm-hmm. Tex McKenzie, who pretty much looks exactly how you'd expect someone named Tex McKenzie to look tall, yeah. gangly, cowboy hat, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, so Tex and Goliath start here. No, okay. Tex is bigger than Goliath. So yes. what I was thinking in my brain was, why is Goliath playing David? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so weird. They shouldn't have booked a bigger person to fight Goliath. Right. That's Vince really McMahon really wouldn't have done that. Like, yeah, especially in like a just a you know enhancement match. Right. Now Tex McKenzie is about forty five years old, gangly, no knee pads. He's tall, but he's tall shit. as shit. Yeah. yeah he might be taller than, like, Ernie Ladder, like, you know, close of, of his it. time. Close to Yeah, close to it. I could not believe how tall this guy was, very actually. Tall. He looked like he was nearly seven feet. It compar- I, I, I don't know yeah, how I big know. the other guys are, but it made him look like he was seven feet. He might have been a legit 6'7", six, 6'8", six, yeah, or something like he was, that, right? He was, he, was, he was up there. Now, Jack Reynolds is funny. He's very proud of his announced parts of the whole time. He's like, oh, come on, Tex, because... So, yeah, I didn't realize that in the first match that Tex was on commentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when I realized this, I was like, oh, shit. So, like, Tex is a wrestler and a commentator. Yeah. Is he by any chance some kind of management on this? I didn't see it in the no. the credits Just later, there, but yeah. Just works there. Okay. This isn't very good though. Text with a few right hands, then a handshake. Uh waistlock by Goliath waistlock by Goliath goes nowhere. Reverse by Tex into a takedown. Back up, test of strength now. Nice slow action. <laughs> Yeah, this is not anything exciting, honestly. Yeah. Mackenzie looks like Schneider from one day at a time, by the way. Um, <laughs> nice observation there. Arnold cheers his partner on, but Goliath throws a bite in there to break. <laughs> a horrible sequence ends here with an elbow by Tex and a tag to Nelson Royal. Goliath stays in and promptly gets taken down by Royal on a chinlock. We get a tag to Buddy Wagner, who's very unimpressive. Royal kicks his ass for a bit and holds onto a hammerlock. Tex is back in and he claps, clamps on a hammerlock as well. This stinks. This does stink. Like, I, when, I don't like it. I'm, no, I'm falling asleep. You're commentary here. <laughs> I have to say, though, Jack Reynolds, really not bad. He I think you noted that, too. Yeah, he holds his own. I, I really don't have an issue with him, to be honest. Now with that you. he's doing straight wrestling? He's, you know, he's some one of the parts of this show that I think keeps it steady. Keeps it flowing. Yeah. Keeps it pleasant. Yeah, yeah I, it doesn't make it drag too much. I mean, this match is that's bad. Uh, another yeah. tag to Nelson, and back to the hammerlock here, Quinn. <sighs> a lot of arm work. A lot of it. Uh, yeah. Chinlock by Nelson Royal gets a two count. Yes, seriously, a two count off a mm-hmm. chinlock. Uh, Tex back in with an armbar, an Irish whip, and the lightest elbow ever off the ropes <laughs> as Nelson Royal is back in now with a single axe handle from the top. How did people watch this without sleeping? Like, well, this is a this matches. I guess the standards in this... you got to remember, this is 75, and looks later... Yeah, that's how it well it's produced. It, yeah, it's produced well. So, but again, that also they're presenting to me really slow shit. But just produced well. Normal for the seventies, though, ain't it? I don't know. Seventy five, and this is the Quinn Gordon's film room. Yeah, uh, don't bring that show up. WF is no more exciting in seventy five and much worse produced and grungier looking. Yeah, that's true. Seventy five well, WF I mean, ain't going no charm, national, baby. WF or no, IW? IWA. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, they gotta man. Look good. So finally, a tag, and Goliath is back in with big rights. An Irish whip and a half botched back body drop, looks awful. Irish whip again, but Royal's in with a Harley race knee and a European uppercut. Tex in now with a huge knee lift. Wagner in, and he eats a pair of knee lifts himself. Royal back in with an abdominal stretch, and because it's nineteen seventy five, Quinn, the abdominal stretch gets the win. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I was funny. talking about before. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, that was certainly a wrestling match. We see a replay of that. Hot abdominal stretch it was ridiculous I love like, that they show that why did we need to see a replay of that like it's not even like fast or anything it's like you got a good look at it like, yeah what's happening. <laughs> like you don't need to see it again yeah I wonder if Gorilla Monsoon was there if he would approve of how it was applied because I mean it did get he, the win well it if it's his finisher, he must practice it a lot. So, Gorilla would probably very good point, Glenn. it. There you go. Uh, Tex comes over to Jack, and he's very happy to be back on commentary now. As we go to break, and we come back with our ring announcer, who I'm not convinced isn't Chevy Chase at this point. He looks very much like 1975 Chevy Chase. He does.
0: I have called upon the networks tonight to make two pressing issues clear <laughs> to the American public.
1: <laughs> so, first up in the ring for this next match is. Uh, how is this real dick sherlock <laughs> that is like something your friends would make up yeah it's like like you know how like what's up sherlock or you're a dick sherlock or yeah no shit sherlock know, no is that what you're going sherlock. for yeah like it just feels like a am made up like we're making fun of him name yeah and that's i have nothing to say further about yeah. that just dick sherlock Dick uh, sherlock but his opponent now this is great yeah. highlight of the show is this whole thing Big Ernie lad with his big stupid heel crown. Okay, he hasn't even said anything and I love him. Like oh, he, it's great! He comes in with this doofy-looking crown and like this, like almost like this red onesie or something. Yeah, it's I like don't know. Pink. Like it's like a romper. Or it's something. a pink romper. You're yeah, right. It's bizarre. It's great. Yeah, and he <laughs> gets the mic before he even gets in the ring. Right. He wants the mic, and this is very ahead of the time. So this is '75. It is very. This is cool. It seems '80s. It really does. Yeah. So he bitches about Cowboy Bob Ellis and how he's not even a real Texan. Mm-hmm. Fact check: Bob Ellis is from Texas. Oh, there you go. Ernie Ladd says that he himself is the only real Texan. Fact check: Ernie Ladd is not from Texas. And that's, that's, why, <laughs> that's why he's a good heel. That's man. great yeah. heel work, right? That's yeah, like, good. I'm not. I'm the only real Texan right. around here. It's true. It's good. He's just lying. It's not, it's not but yeah. it's, it's it's true here. Yeah. because he said so. Obviously. It's just lying. He's, he's the king, Joe. Well, that's why it's great. It's how easy is it to be healed? You just lie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, how easy is that? We got a lot of those. Yeah, we do. Uh, Ernie tells Tommy Young to get the hell away from him as well. <laughs>
0: and you can tell yourself, Mr. Referee, get back. Don't harass me. Don't come over here and get behind me. This is Ernie Land talking, the king of all professional wrestling.
1: Man, Ernie fucking rules. He's so good, he's man. Good. He's such a like, good guy. Now I want to see more of him in WF. I've always said he's a great heel, right? Yeah, he's good. And he has a great look. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Young now, the referee. Gets yeah, on the mic. Weird. He's like, Ernie, why aren't you dressed to be wrestling? Yeah, this is such good shit. And it's amazing. <laughs> like, Tommy Young is like a character. Yep. And Ernie's like, I don't have to wrestle if I don't want to. And Tommy's like, Well, you better wrestle yeah, because you signed a contract. He's really ta- He's really saying these things. Joe yeah. isn't like making it up. No, like, that he, actually he's, happens. He's like Tommy Young's getting on the mic and like participating. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you this much, Ernie lad. You better get in the ring and wrestle because I you man. I do not need to get in the wrestlers. ring they can man. scream and holler they do anything they want to do
1: and Ernie says that this bum in the ring here has never beaten anybody so Ernie's just gonna let him win whatever you know yeah this is great <laughs> Ernie's like I don't care I'll lose I'll give him the match Save. I like how they're using the conventions of jobber matches yes! like as part of the story here <laughs> so Tommy Young is like fine here's what we're gonna do yeah I'm gonna ring the bell and if you're not in the ring by a count of ten this guy is gonna win and Ernie's like fine I don't care yeah it's like <laughs> it'll, it'll be good for him or yeah, whatever like he's amazing. never he's like he never won a thing in his life and he's like I'm gonna give i'm gonna be like really nice like, let him win so uh ernie <laughs> ernie has been with by the way this whole time this guy bruce swayze he's been with him the whole time and he says that he's gonna become ernie Ladd's legal device Which, he's just a this, wrestler okay so this is very dubious to me because he's wearing you know like a speedo he's just a wrestler he's like, i'm a lawyer yeah it's <laughs> like, he's got wrestling boots and a, a, a underwear on it's is like, great heel work yeah you do i mean imagine <laughs> if in um the movie um what's the one where they go down utes and all that my cousin Vinny. My cousin, my cousin Vinny, imagine if he wore that attire in the courtroom. You know what's ironic, though, what? is that the fucking ring announcer is wearing that fucking velvet suit that Joe Pesci has oh, to wear that's, later. <laughs> that's too, there's a lot of connections to my cousin Vinny here.
0: Did you say utes? Yeah, two utes. What is a ute? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths. Anyway,
1: as Bruce Swayze is rambling on and as Ernie Ladd is rambling on, Tommy Young's like, fuck it, and he calls for the bell Like as they're talking, right? So Ladd is ranting and going on and on, but he finally climbs into the ring by a count of eight. (laughs) Goes for the handshake to this jobber here, Dick Sherlock. And he kicks Dick right in the Sherlock. <laughs> and <laughs> Ladd looks like an idiot, like you said, in his fucking romper. Yeah, wrestling he wrestles, in this. <laughs> though, the whole match in this shit. And, and Tex is all mad about Ernie's street shoes. Yeah, well, he's not He's dressed. like, hey, he's got street shoes! <laughs> like, this is bullshit! Like, Tex is very mad about yeah, this. It's, it's ridiculous. By the way, 1975 two-man commentary team. I like it. And, yeah, yeah, very what, good. Which you didn't see all the time. That's now, true. Now, they're both face... But still, two-man commentary team in 75. We don't get that a lot. Wasn't Vince, Vince was always by himself, generally. Vic in the mid-70s, I think, was by himself. Right? It wasn't until well, the late Pat 70s. Pat was wrestling, and there wasn't anybody. And uh, Bruno was wrestling. Rocca maybe joined him sometimes. Later, Antonio, though. Argentina. Yeah. Is it actually Argentina, or, or people just call him that? Roca. It's Antonio, right? I don't but know. he's Argentinian. But they say Argentonio Rocca. Only Ar- Chuck Norris says that Argentina, that one time. Argentina Rocca. Remember at WrestleMania 7? Oh, did Chuck Norris implant that in my brain? Like Mandela affected that shit? I think so. Man, it's like, I, I used to watch wrestling all the time, argentina Roca. That That's why I... Th- oh, my God. I that's, think that's... That's fucking weird, because I literally, when I saw that other Argentina guy, I was like, oh, he yeah. so, must be connected to argentina Rocca And you remember what Fonzie says at WrestleMania 7. Yeah, the ultimate victory and all yeah, that. And, yeah. and, of course, Lou Ferrino. Huck, huck, huck. Anyway, <laughs> Irish whip in a huge boot in the street shoes there by Ernie Lott, a choke toss. Meanwhile, Bruce Swayze now wanders over to the commentary table to rant more. This is so... Ahead of its it, fucking it, it's, time. It really does save this show. It, it's like five, ten, it maybe five, eight years ahead of its time. In it's all seriousness, a yeah. uh, big shoulder block for two as he pulls up the dick. Finally, a right hand gets the win for Ernie Lad. Big booze from the crowd here today. Yep. They are they do not like uh Mr. Ernie here. No, they don't. I didn't really note this, but we can talk about it. Apparently, Ernie Lad had just turned heel. Yes, and they keep going on about it. They're, they're selling like, it. Yeah. Ellis or. Cowboy Bob Ellis. Blames him or. For some loss or something like that. Yeah, and apparently that's how he turned heel, but boy, did he turn really heel here. He turned very heel here. He's got like a crown and all this shit. Yeah, which I remember that gimmick that he had later where he was always wearing the crown. I guess it started here. It's just weird (laughs) that. They're like, we don't understand this change of attitude. But his attitude isn't even a change of attitude. It's like he thinks he's like the whiz now, or something. (laughs) Like it's really weird. And nobody beats him, right? Exactly. (laughs) So Tommy Young decides to yell more into the mic. He's like, Ernie lad, you're the most disgraceful human being I've ever met. (laughs) And then he leaves like angrily. So good. And Tommy Young does. There's no repercussions. Tommy Young's just like,
0: you know what? Fuck you. And (laughs) he just like gets out of there. That's all it is. For what it's worth to you, Mr. Wang, you're the most disgraceful human being I've ever met.
1: Like, Ladd doesn't even notice, really. He's like a... <laughs> He's just like, whatever, I don't care about him. Yeah, and then he probably puts his crown back on, and he calls Dick Sherlock an idiot for yeah. thinking that he'd actually let him win. Yeah. He's like, you're stupid, why would I let you do that? Mm-hmm. So he continues to rant and rant about how there's no room for weaklings in this world, and how you can't go to New York and stand on a street corner if you're a country boy. This <laughs> whole thing was great, what a scene, and you know what I have to say? Yes. There's a weird freeze frame at the end where they show Velvet like reacting to Ernie Ladd talking, yeah. and he He's, like, making this, like, very, like, disgusted, weird face. Yeah, basically, everyone's pissed off at Ernie Ladd. Yeah. I think I actually took a picture of it. I'll post it on oh, the Oh, you should. Area. Yeah, that'd be good. Because I was like, that's bizarre. Or maybe it was something else I took a picture of. I don't know. Either way, Either weird. way, yeah. this was, I got to say, before we go to the next segment here, because we do have time to talk about it. We don't get to see much Ernie Ladd. Just no. happenstance, we don't get to. Right. Anything I've ever seen, though, of heel Ernie Ladd, he's so good. It's surprising that they don't talk about him more right? or that there's no more footage of him. Maybe maybe some of those all-stars that they put on the network from the 70s have him in there, but maybe. that. Maybe, but what was his other big promotion? He wasn't just WF, though. What, didn't well, he make a name for himself elsewhere? the uh, IWA, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's somewhere else. I mean, look I thought it he was in like... the Crockets and stuff. It was the Crockets, right? Yeah, I just it, don't know it, which it promotion. 70s Mid-Atlantic, probably, 70- mid-Atlantic yeah okay that makes sense because that was the Crockett's promotion until they expanded until the Atlanta yeah well either way it was just good to see him because all we ever get to fucking hear is him doing commentary and he sucks and at he's it he's very poor at like that big event why is, is it that all these great heels on the mic suck at commentary the only one that I've ever seen well two Jesse mm. the body Bobby Heaney are we talking strict re- strictly wrestlers or heels yeah Bobby and and Jesse and are- King kind of Yeah, King's pretty good, actually. He's a pretty good announcer. You know, I need to... We've talked about that. I know, people hate King. He's uh, good. He's very good. He's just not as good as Jesse or Bobby. Right. I think that's why he gets more flack. Yeah, but he's still good. But those are probably the top three of the heel wrestlers who became announcers. Yeah, because Piper wasn't really a heel announcer. Larry sucks. Oh, God. Larry's a Bisco. No, please, no. Get him out of here. Johnny Polo was funny. Well, I'm just killing time here with yeah, this. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and let's on get, to the next garbage. Yeah, right? let's get back to the ring. We have another one fall 15-minute time limit match. It's uh it's Frenchie Martin. <laughs> really, it's Frenchy Martin. Now, there's a really funny thing here where somebody calls him Frenchy Young and yes. it's funny because I had like typed in my notes it's like, "Wow, Frenchie Martin looks young." And then somebody says Frenchy Young. <laughs> yeah, I think Jack says that, right? And I was like correction. I was like, "What?" And then like, I literally had to look in my own notes what I noted his name when he came in right right because I like that threw me off so much it's Frenchy Martin yeah his opponent is the IWA World Heavyweight Champion, Quinn Mil Mascarez. Well, this should be total shit. Yeah, I yep. think so. Uh, Frenchie does not have a smock on, for the record. No smock. He's got this, like, shiny pants. Shiny pants, yeah. Uh, I'm Disco okay. pants. He really looks different. He's like, very he, young. He's, his whole body is, di- like, it's Slim. not, like, fat or anything. No. And he doesn't have, like, the weird mustache. Like, no. He's just kind of a guy. He's not holding up a sign that says USA is not okay or any of even, that. he's even, like, his hair's, like, red or something. let just part. shorter, um, uh-huh. I don't is know it what just it shorter is, yeah, or so. brown or lighter brown? I yeah. don't know, but it just, he looked so different. He did. Uh, we get a lock-up back to the corner, a clean break by Mascarez, arm drag by Mill, a lock-up, side headlock by Mascarez, a push-off, a shoulder lock by Mill, side headlock takedown by Mill Mascarez, Frenchie with a top wrist lock, but Mill reverses and into an armbar on the mat. Can, can I say this while yeah. all this is happening here? You're naming moves and stuff. Yeah. Every single move, Joe, they're acting like it's like, Oh my Revolutionary. god! Like Mill Mascarez, like knows all at, the moves. Look at these moves; they're unbelievable. They're just like headlocks and wrist like, locks. Wrist locks. He does like a drop kick every now and then. Every like, now and then, yeah. They're they're just so like they're fawning over him, and I just don't really understand it. Like here we go. Switch yeah. to a hammer lock, right? But right. Frenchie gets a single leg trip. Irish whip by Mill. Flying crossbody. This is it's new, like normal. This is not new in 1975. Couple of crappy drop. They're not even good. Like yeah. shitty drop kicks. Right. And then. A vertical soup play by mascaras gets the win, and at least it was quick. Right, they actually shake hands. Right, so we but- see we see a replay. Right, yeah, and they show the suplex, and the announcers. Act like a suplex is new. They're like that move is a suplex. <laughs> it's real, like, folks. I'm not even kidding. I don't even understand. Like what? Like <laughs> wasn't the suplex like somebody somebody's finisher? Probably like race? I don't, gotch, don't know. Or who might think thinking? Not of? There, gotch. Was, there was a remember in the New Japan when it 72 was someone's we finisher. And, yeah, I don't know who. Yeah, though. it was like some shit like that. And but like it's it's old. Jack Jones is like, look at that move. That's called a front suplex, which is called a vertical suplex. Right, but either exactly way, right? This
0: is called a suplex, a front suplex.
1: Yeah, that's all it was. Like this new hot move, the <laughs> suplex. What suplexa? <laughs> yeah. So weird. Suplexa. Thank you, Bruno. All right, so back again for our next match here. Del Star is introduced to get killed by Ivan Cole. Okay, Ruff I'm here. just going to say right then and there. His name's Del Star. There's no way he can be good. No, that, uh, that is a a loser. Oh, Del name. Star. Del Star. Del. The fact that you have to brag that you're a star in your name mm, says something. Remember Austin Star? Yeah, that was on purpose, that right? Was just a stupid thing It was like a goof it wasn't even like he wasn't Austin Aries yeah but he didn't even act like Austin Aries yeah he was just some other guy with like a hat on remember when Brian Brian Danielson was a dazzler yeah and then he fought bears and stuff Mm -hmm, it's It's all real that happened in WF the audio by the way gets all screwed up during Ivan's intro so it's like Ivan yeah okay so yeah silence the Russian bear Ivan!
0: Weighing in at 260 pounds, he hails from Odessa, Russia. Ladies and gentlemen, the Russian bear, Ivan!
1: They don't even, like, fix it like they no, just no, no. it just blanks and then it just goes and they're like and i, I are back yeah <laughs> they don't even say we're back no, they just I have a call off wins yeah. so the uh this newcomer dell star looks like he was hosting game shows in the 50s it's like an account he me. looks like, so like, old he, yeah it's really really bad calloff kicks his ass to start ramming dell into a few turnbuckles here and there a big body slam a stomp fest is choking call tosses dell out of the ring lands a body slam outside on the floor call interrupts Tom, tommy young's count and Ramsdale into the ring post, back in. Koloff with a lot of Russian punching, and then a Russian whip kick to the Kremlin. There, body slamming, an elbow drop, and more uh, choking by Ivan. Get on with it! I know, like this match stinks. Dragging it around here. Yeah. More heel beating tactics by Koloff, which very much upsets Tex McKenzie. He's like, "Come on already!" Yeah, he's uh, like, "You you you don't have to do that. Come on, this isn't necessary." Like all this shit. He's right. I don't want to watch this either. Yeah. Finally, Koloff lands a flying knee from the top, the usual to end it. Uh, we come back. Jack Reynolds is now with. George Cannon and the Mongols. Okay, so I'm going to admit something here to you, Joe. I really like this, like, interview center thing that they're in. Me too. It's good. Yeah, it's excellent. It's very blue. Yeah, it's great. Um, I love the Mongols, like, sashes that they have with the Japanese writing on it. And and George Cannon just looks like, I don't know, he looks like he belongs, like, as an animated character in an NES baseball video game. He's (laughs) He's like the coach. And he, and he only has like three frames of animation because George Cannon doesn't really move his face that much. That's true, he doesn't. Like, it's, it's, he looks like he belongs in like bases loaded when they go to like- <laughs> When they when if they go to like a part where it's like trying to tell you and it was clearly animated in Japan, right, right. Like it's like, but the rest of the game wasn't. You that's know what I really mean. good. Yeah, when I didn't even. It's just like steal or something, like you know what I mean? Like steal. It's, yeah, it's like he's giving like a tip. Oh, so he's a coach, right? That's what I mean. He's like, he's like your anime coach on the side. Where they're trying. They, you know, in those old games, they don't want to admit it was made in Japan, right? But right. They clip to something that's very clearly Japanese looking, right. That's what George Cannon looks like, especially surrounded by the Mongols and the okay. Japanese sashes. And okay. the blue, that's like very New Japan, that blue. It is. Yeah. Now, the Mongols here, for the record, it is not the uh, original pairing. It is Gito, who is one of the originals. See, even it's Japan, Gito. Gito. That, Gito. Yeah, I know, Gito. but it sounded like Gato or whatever. And uh, Nikolai Volkov was Beepo Mongol, but now we have Bolo Mongol, and I'll tell you who that is in a little while. It's uh, it's someone you know, uh-huh. I don't know if you recognize him, but it's definitely someone you know. It is, is it? It is. Uh, Cannon is very happy to have these guys because they're the champions after all. And then George Cannon decides to give us a lecture about all of their attributes, uh, specifically courage. They're very big on courage. Now, can I ask you a question about this promo, Joe? Because this goes on on all the seriousness here. Do you feel like this was a little facey, like this this promo here? He's just neutral, I think. Yeah, Yeah, it was just weird. He's not specifically a heel. Yeah, I don't know. He's just like... My guys are good Right They're in very good condition He says condition like nine times Right It's true He's like first condition uh, First courage And then after the courage Condition 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 They gotta have condition
0: It's condition 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 Right Condition condition, All the way The main thing after is condition Once you have that heart
1: he yeah. says it so many but times. He, he seems very comforting for some reason. I don't know I why. I yeah, George Cannon's good. Remember when he was the announcer and it was very happy? Yeah. It's like, hi, I'm George Cannon. Welcome I know. to my it's, wrestling show. I know. It's weird to think I'm a very nice man. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird to think that he was positioned as a heel. They are heels, right? They definitely yeah. are by their like actions later on. Yeah, and, and who Bolo faces, which but, is Dino Bravo. But when they're talking, he seems like this nice, fat man that, like... Right. That, grandfatherly. Very grandfatherly. Like, general like, store owner. And he's like, I believe in my men. Yeah, like, like, there's not, nothing not moral like about them. Not in, like, a, I believe they're going to hurt you. I just believe that they're good because they yeah. have courage and shit. Like, courage. it's Like, it's, like, ridiculous. Like, it, it, it's not heelish. No, he's very nice. Yeah. And he basically says... T- All the teams that want to line up and face the Mongols, go ahead and then get back in the line after you lose. I like George Cannon. No problem with him. He's not bad. The people he sends over to (laughs) 1982 WF are not good. Right. Uh, Back to the ring for our main event, which is going to be one fall to curfew. Good. First, (laughs) it's our IWA Rookie of the Year, Dino Bravo. Uh, His opponent enters with George Cannon. It is Bolo Mongol. Not Bopo. or No, not Bopo. Bipo or whatever. Peepop. And (laughs) Rocksteady. Jack Reynolds uh, talks about what a heartthrob Dino Bravo is. Yes, Excuse me? Dino Bravo, the uh, the teen idol. He's a very young, like 26 year or something. I just, I don't understand why. Like, why well, did they think Dino Bravo was going to be this, like, hot prospect? I think he just was at the time. He doesn't I mean, look like it. He's not bad, though. I mean, we're seeing the rookie of the year version here, so he's nice and young, and he doesn't. Yeah. He still seems like crappy Dino Bravo to me. I forget how old he was. Yeah, he's probably 25 or 26 or 7 here. Well, let, uh, let's put it this way. He never got any better. Mm, he's okay. I don't know. I think Dino's all right. I don't mm-hmm. think he's as bad as people make him out to be. He's very slim here. That's this true. This is nothing like he's the a steroided up. steroid version that we would later know. And he's not got the, his. Not the weightlifter. No, version. no. And he's got his natural black hair, yeah. very Italian looking. They're not trying to. Play up the French right, right. Canadian aspect. Uh, Waistlock by Bravo was reversed by Bolo, but a nice takedown by Bravo. Jack Reynolds says, "If you like wrestling and if you like holds, you're going to see some of it now." <laughs> I like that he's specifically hyping that we'll see wrestling holds, holds. on a wrestling show. Yeah. Like, like what? Of course, we will. That, what uh, has that, that been missing from the NWI? Right, right. Like- <laughs> now we get a side half headlock by Bravo, a push up by Bolo, Irish whip, dropped on by Bravo, big backdrop and a drop kick by Dino. Nothing wrong with this match so far. It's just. Dino Bravo match in the 70s. Right. of Strength, which Bolo wins, and George Cannon now is surreptitiously adding leverage to the of uh, Strength by grabbing his man's foot. Right. You yeah. notice that? He's, like, leaning in and giving him leverage. Yeah, don't they mention that, like, the announcers get yeah, mad about it yeah. or something? Look at George Cannon yeah. giving him leverage. Yeah, they're all upset. So I guess he's a heel on his actions, but not his words, maybe. He seems very nice. I would want him as my manager. He's very kind. Knows. He seems like he <laughs> believes in me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I want that if it, I'm it, being managed. Yeah, exactly. See, like, he said more grandfatherly. Yes, very kind man. It's weird that, they, <laughs> that he's a heel. I still don't get it. It's I don't like, know. why is he a heel? Yeah, I don't know. uh We linger around in this test of strength for a while, and Bravo attempts to escape, but Bolo counters with an armbar. And now let's talk about who Bolo is, Quinn. I know you've been waiting. Okay, I know you yeah. fans who, have been waiting. Who is this guy? You would know him from the WWF in a very famous tag team. Who? He uh, wrestled uh, under many personas, actually, in the WWF before he was a tag team champion. Most notably, as the mass superstar, it is the one and only Bill Eadie. Are you serious? Bullmongle. That's Bill Axe. Axe. That's Axe. What? The guy that could win the Royal Rumble and get Andre out of there seriously that's holy shit he doesn't even look anything like bill eddie no he doesn't because he doesn't even have makeup on because they have this damien demento inspired i guess this is where damien demento got got, his hairstyle from he's got like a spot of hair in his forehead it's really weird looking now mongols are from mongolia right if i'm not mistaken yeah where gorilla monsoon's from no manchuria oh sorry but who was else who else was from mongolia what the hell's his name killer khan yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And he also had that stupid hair. Yeah, right. I mean, was the missing link from from that same area? I don't. I thought he was from like the past, like the, uh, the our, prehistoric era. Parts unknown, actually. I think. Well, <laughs> but you know what's weird yeah, yeah. is that um, maybe we finally figured it out on this show. If it's parts unknown for Missing Link, he's definitely from Mongolia because that his haircuts the same. Well, he might be on the border of Mongolia and parts unknown. I see. Like so, on the border towns, you know so how they have kinda, those, you know, the the fashion influences yeah. on parts unknown. Right, right, right. I gotcha. That's what I'm wondering. So that's that's a, a roundabouts where parts unknown is near Mongolia. Okay, that's all you. we know. Though. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, it's still unknown. The fashion, you know, the traders of the you know dresses and suits yeah, and all that. Right. They're like, you know, this hair is really popular here in Mongolia. Why don't you try it, parts unknown? Right. Exactly. And like, well, we'll, we'll do Being it. Leaked into the nether parts of yeah. parts unknown. Right. So, but yeah, it's interesting that the Mongols, the uh, original Mongol partner, was Nikolai Volkov, who would go on WWF. Right. And the guy that replaced him here, Bill Eadie, Axe, mass superstar. I guess WWF really likes their Mongols. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess so, right? Anyway, we linger around in this fucking test of strength, Greco-Roman for a while. Bravo attempts to escape, but Bolo just... You know, Tinkers around with it, regular heel offense. Finally Bolo misses a charge in the corner and Bravo's back with an Irish whip, a fist to the gut, a body slam, but now Guido Mongol has wandered out. Yeah, not the not that Guido. No, not that Guido. Yeah. Right. Uh, Bravo with a hideous figure four that was so bad I didn't even recognize, <laughs> yeah. but it was. No, wait, wasn't he trying to do a Indian death No, that's death the problem, oh, okay. is it was a very bad figure they, four. Yeah, they started yelling like Indian Deathlock. And they yelled Figure Four. They did? Yeah, that's how I knew it was one. Wait, did I hear something completely different? Because I, I don't see, know. Because I remember that, that's his finisher, the Indian Deathlock. I don't think so. I'll, uh, I'll just dump in whatever they yeah, said let, right now, see. and then we'll just find let's out later. Let's test our memory.
0: Good maneuvering by Dino Bravo, rookie of the year. IWA. He's got the figure four again. Figure four leg lock in there.
1: All right, well, now you'll know who was right. I, I can't remember yeah. anymore. But what's cool is, like, we got some funny shit outside, so... As Bravo's got a bolo in this hold, right. George Cannon is leaning in like all fat and trying to hit Bravo so, with his hat. I love this. Because, <laughs> it's so, so good. So the stupid hard hat he's been yes. wearing. My favorite part about it is that he barely like dinks him. He just kind of like like, yeah, he, he, like, flicks him with with the hat. Because he think. can't quite reach, right? right. It's but, funny. But the ref is just like, fuck that! That's yeah. interference! It's like, what? It, it, like, didn't even hurt him. Yeah. It's, like, barely grazed him. Well, I think he won by submission. Bravo did. Did he? Because Either I way, thought, he won. Oh, did they, was there an announcement by Velvet at the end? Because no. all I all I thought was a DQ. He won. They don't say I how. Uh. Jack Reynolds says that he gave up. Well, I would think Dino would win by DQ, right? Because, uh... The, I don't know the the if he gave up first, though. Ball cap there. there. I don't know. They don't say... Ball cap croissant. Yeah, ball crap. Ball crap. Ball crap croissant. Oh, good lord. So the bell rings. It's chaos now because Guido comes in, but so does Gino Brito. So Tommy Young's running around stupidly trying to restore order. We got a Pier Sixer going on. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jack Reynolds tells us that Bravo is the official winner. Doesn't say how. Yeah. Doesn't say why. He it just says that he won. I guess it doesn't matter, really. Right. Tommy Young raises his hand, and we happily sign off, when we get more credits here <laughs> Yeah. Which is really good. It's like you called it a proud VHS font. Oh yeah, very V. It's it's literally VCR mono that I use for yeah. the episode number. Right, 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 and, and right. I swear it's great, and I love this funk song, this '70s oh, funk song, it's super funky and very just, funk. And I just had to mention one of the credits: the uh, unit manager is Richard Swing. I saw that too. I didn't. Swing. I didn't write it down, but I, I, I was like, "That's weird." Yeah, unit yeah. manager. Anyway, that was the IWA. Honestly, though. Not bad. Yeah, I. You Not know, bad. I, I was bored at the beginning and end, but the middle with Ernie Ladd really helped. A Ernie lot. L- Ernie Lad was good. Uh, Ivan Koloff was funny. Yeah, pretty funny. And overall, nothing was really that long. I like the Mongols interview. That was fun. Like the Mongols interview. All the interviews were good. Yeah, that's the one thing I had going for it. The interviews were good. They had that slick interview center. Yes, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it was very slick. And the Mill masqueraders match which was very short. Well, good. So Anything, you have that. Anytime you cut Mill Masquerade's time down, it's probably a good thing. Probably a very good thing. So overall, interesting, because I had never seen this before. I didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Not bad Honestly. And for 1975, and I know that it doesn't sound like much of a delineation, but it felt like watching an early 80s show. It did. It felt like 82. It really did, but in a good way. Like yeah. It was ahead of its time. It had a replay. It was really quick and well-produced. Because mm-hmm. we've seen some shit from the mid-80s that's produced like dog shit. Right. I mean, I think mostly any of the quality poorness was due to just age of the tape. Like it was that's not, all. It was not the production itself, which is something that's rare to be said right, about wrestling right, right. like that. Yeah. Way ahead of its time. Good stuff, and uh, thank you, Richard Land, for dumping this off on us, folks. If you want a copy of it, we can get it to you. Let us know. Mm -hmm. But until next week, this has been OVP episode number 142. Be sure to keep your uh, question wheel coming. If you haven't yet, send one to ovppodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. Leave us a review on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast. We would like that. And if you have anything you want to know, just read us on Twitter or email us. We'll be happy to talk to you. But until next time, I'm Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya.
0: Cookie Crisp Cereal, my favorite breakfast. Get ready, Chip. Okay, boss. Um, Marvin. Now. Oh, cookie Crisp. Oh, oh. oh. with
1: my cookie crisp yes another
0: opening shirt case now for some cookie crisp an exciting part of this complete breakfast All right for do in 1990 the cookie crook was given a sidekick named Chip the Dog Chip would howl the cereal's name cookie crisp in each ad before he and his master were inevitably foiled by the cookie cop. After General Mills bought the cookie crisp trademark from Ralston in 1997, Chip continues to be the mascot with the cookie crook and cookie cop. In the format of the advertisements, Chip was a friendly pooch, no longer wearing a mask, who offered cookie crisp to a group of kids. Typically an adult would interfere on the grounds that cookies are not breakfast food. Near the end of the ads, the adults would change their minds once Chip gave them a taste of his cookie crisp. Will Will you stop. Stop, stop, stop.